Black Cherry. Hello and welcome to the Saladcast on Sunday, the fourth of October, twenty fifteen. I'm your host Dan Train. Joining me today, Zachary Burgess. No one I guess. <laughs> and Robert Kemp. <laughs> Sods Gatto. We are cakeless. <laughs> We're getting cakeless. Actually, that's not true. <laughs> cake top. There were Jaffa cakes on the table and I ate two of them before they started, so I'm definitely not cakeless. <laughs> I literally have a Jaffa cake in my hand. It is about to be in my mouth. <laughs> I was thinking you were about to say in my mouth, which would have been very impressive that you were continuing to talk that well. Well, now that's I feel true. left out now. Like, do I have to twinkie myself just no, to make sure we're all cakeless? I'm going cakeless. The rest of you bastards are fully caked. Okay. Well, I don't know about fully caked. I'm somewhat cake. Semi cake. I could put way more cake in if I wanted. <laughs> There's pizza later, so let's not do that. There's a reason why they call it the cake hole. Because <laughs> it's big enough for cake. <laughs> yes, clearly. What any hole that's big enough for cake? It's a cake hole. It's a cake hole. That's that's technically true by that description. <laughs> I don't know what that doesn't make that sentence doesn't make a great deal of sense. It's technically true by by the description you just gave. Yeah, (laughs) because the description you gave. Uh, no, that's what you said, Rob. You said it's called the cake hole. It's big enough for cake. It's like there's quite a few holes big enough for that. (laughs) Mm. Maybe not on (laughs) the body, but (laughs) other places. The thing is, yeah. The trouble with cake is are available. The trouble with cake is it's really squashy, so the, like a very small hole could still be a cake hole. Yeah, you just have to wedge it in there, blend it up, <laughs> pipe it into any hole you want. Like get a great British Bake Off piping kit and just sort of go. Hey, that would be the natural. best. That would be the most ridiculous so way to make a cake, cake topping. Would would be yeah. to have one cake. Take another cake, blend it up, and then and pipe, pipe the it. second cake onto the other cake. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that sounds amazing. <laughs> you, know, you pipe that icing and shit, don't you? Or the, I don't know. It's pipe cake. It's, cake. it's cake you put in a pipe and smoke it. It's pipe cake. Pipes are officially cake holes. You can put <laughs> a cake in there, apparently. According to Rob, anyway. <laughs> Are you the type little... that would take the weed and then bake it into a brownie and then crush it up and then smoke it? <laughs> <laughs> I'm brownie flavoured. I'm smoking brownie flavoured dope. It's even it's like dope, but better. But it's cake it's as well. <laughs> yeah. Can't cake go wrong. <laughs> Pipe dope cake. It's dope. This podcast is dope. This cake is dope. Well, not literally, but... There's dope in there, so. How is everyone? <laughs> <laughs> All right, how are you? What's going on? In the I'm slightly less topics? falling apart. Oh, oh no! I've injured yourself. Well, you know, I was falling apart last time, wasn't I? That was this was the uh, health cast last week. Well, I, I injured myself since the last cast. Oh no! Oh, well, there goes that. Then <laughs> Zach's falling apart this week. It's not that bad actually. I like. I came out of my bedroom and really badly stubbed my middle toe against the chair that was outside my room. The Ooh. chair that I've been using for Dirt Rally because it's not got wheels on. I see, yeah. Spe- <laughs> special dirt chair. Yes, it's my dirt chair. It's a filthy chair. Yep. But I, I, I kicked it really hard and it didn't actually hurt that much, but the bruise was like quite visible, just not Ooh. very painful at all. Ooh. And I was like, that's weird. Yeah, it's weird. <laughs> I sort of stubbed my 
like the collection of toes three times in <laughs> short succession, if that counts. Right. So I was getting out of the shower. Yeah. And uh, it's got one of those like little plasticky sort of metally lips where the sliding door goes. Yes. And uh, as I came out, I clipped like the like basically along the brunt of all of my toes along along it like the first time. And then of course that's not the first step with one of these things. It's like a little ridge. And then there's a bigger ridge behind it. <laughs> and so I stumped him the first time. And then, of course, I go, ah, lift my foot. And then clip the second step. The guy's like, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, dear. Great. Oh, man. That, that hurt quite a bit. Smooth. But not as bad as, like, a single toe punt of wood. <laughs> that is possibly the worst. It was, like... It was so weird that it was precisely the middle toe as well. It's like, I hit it exactly in the middle of my foot somehow. And I was walking past it. I didn't, like, walk into it. It's just like my foot casually swang out far enough to exactly hit the middle of the chair leg (laughs) as I was walking past a chair. Don't know how that happened. That's a weird (laughs) gate going on. Yeah. You're getting a bit cockney. Sort of like, hey. <laughs> swing your wide. Swing your legs out. Yeah, getting a bit wide with your stance. No, I don't know. That was weird. Is it a stance dance? It still looks bruised, but it still doesn't hurt. Hmm. So, you know, good, I guess. And the toenail isn't going to fall off my legs or anything. Fantastic. I thought that was possible, considering That's... the bruise went over all the cuticle area. In which case, the stubbing of the toe has failed in its purpose. <laughs> <laughs> what of defeating toenails? Yeah, exactly. That's its prime purpose. That's the entire purpose. That's the entire thing that the, 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 the toe stub exists is to be super annoying and to kill your toes. <laughs> Nail first. We we have uh, thwarted, and that's the end of the health cast. And the end of the health cast. Well, you know, I'm, I'm getting used to my glasses. I noticed a weird. I don't know if I mentioned it last time, but I noticed a weird uh, side effect of my new... Oh, yeah, yeah, we were talking about that last time. Yeah, but yeah, we did, uh, but I don't know if you got them yet. But I was wearing them for the first day or second day or something at the time. Oh, uh, right. Okay. Uh, yeah, so I've been... Oh, had I? Yeah, you had. No, I hadn't. Yeah, you had. No. We talked about going and getting... It was last week. Yeah, it, was, it hadn't happened yet, but on the last podcast, it was last week. So I've been wearing them for a week. And, uh, yeah, they make everything slightly concave. Yeah. Like, like it took, it's, it's, you don't really notice it most of the time, but if I, like, hold a flat object up, like, say, a phone or an iPad, I can notice the perspective shift, which is slightly odd, which basically means don't ever ask me if something is straight. Well, it's like because... a fisheye situation where things that are straight turn round. Kind of, yeah. Well, no, sort of the opposite of fisheye, because fisheye makes... Doesn't fisheye make, like, everything in the middle super large, but then taper out towards the yeah, edges? Yeah, that's true, yeah. Like, it's, mine's more like someone's put the FOV up on a, <laughs> on a on a graphic game. Yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking. Yeah. <laughs> on a graphic game? <laughs> no, because, because you could turn the FOV up on a text adventure, that would be well confusing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all the text. Ali. Would all the text bend, or would the like what it tells you about change because you can't quite see it right? But you do get fisheye if you put the FOV way up on a on a normal size yeah, monitor, it, don't you? But it's sort of the other way, isn't it? Because it's like the the what's in the middle ends up getting further away from you, <laughs> and yeah. the outside is exaggerated. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you're right. Hmm. Yeah. Fair enough. So it's a bit like that. So my FOV has gone up. 
That's good. I can see more. Yeah. That's what the pros do. <laughs> it gives you more peripheral vision. It does. And then that'd be the hard, most hardcore, like, for all the hardest core, like, FPS players. You have, like, three monitors with, and then spread the screen across them with the FOV turned up. Comes like, and then wear special glasses that increase your peripheral vision even more. So you can have, like, five monitors and you can see all of them. Yes. Whoa. <laughs> That would be insane. <laughs> that would take some getting used to. Yep. Sure and probably some permanent damage. Yep. <laughs> I wonder if there's actually a way to play where the FOV is like normal, but you can see behind <laughs> you. Or like, I don't know how you could map that so that within your own personal field of vision, you had enough monitors that would actually display 360 degrees of the character's vision and whether you could actually make your brain understand what the fuck was going on with that. And, I guess the way the only way to do that is to I mean it's possible right but you'd have to simulate everything being smaller like so not real yeah. life size you'd have to like scale it down I guess yeah 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 that makes sense hmm. it's like watching it's like viewing a panoramic photo like a yeah. 360 panoramic photo but seeing the entire length of the image at once yeah but um, I was wondering if you could actually play a game in panoramic photo yeah it'd be weird to see that in motion right because yeah. the stuff behind you at the edges of this thing would look real weird yeah because surely you could do that you could have a panoramic video but in theory like if, you're, if your lines. vision's also there's the difficulty of like maybe it has to be more than 360 because if you think about it if it's just a three a 360 period of view exactly behind you is going to be where the left and right edges stop yeah, well, it depends. You could probably move it, right? Like, no, you don't want you don't want it to go to the edges. You want it you want it to be like a map projection, so you map it onto a yeah. square, like but curved, so like the edges meet up in in like a loop. So it's yeah. a, an infinite loop. So the edges actually are like not the edges; they're the middle. <laughs> it's hard to describe. It's yeah, like map it, projections. It, it like you sort of curl it. Yeah. But once you sort of curl it up. Like in yeah, a way, that's what, how I'd imagine it. Oh, that'd be even weirder. <laughs> I don't. I don't know if you'd be able to cope for that. No, no, it'd be pretty fucked it'd up. be incredibly confusing. But yeah, but if you had more than three sixty degree horizontally, then maybe you could do it because you just need points at the where you could see perfectly behind you to some degree, right? Because otherwise, mm. if it's just the left and right stop after a hundred eighty degrees round, then that's maybe that's not that helpful. I guess maybe it would look like the radar in in like free space or whatever, where the middle circle is in front of you oh maybe you? yeah maybe you could do that but then the outside what, what is behind you is that outer ring isn't it yeah or... yeah exactly so yeah so directly behind you would not be easy to spot because it would you be put on the edges of your fit you put looking piece. forward in your dominant eye and you put looking back <laughs> in your other eye yeah yeah <laughs> don't do that right somehow oh the brain anyway yes uh, elaborate ways of cheating a Counter-Strike aside. <laughs> <laughs> what else is going on? It's going on in Nida Marketland. It's like, hey, um, it, what happened? Have you any kitchen, bitchin'? Yeah. What happened to your the room that you used to live in? <laughs> Not live in, it's but a, your old room. What was? What is it now? It's just a place to put stuff. It's a stuff there's room. There's bookshelves. There's is there like a guest bed or something? Scarves. No, there's no actual... Well, there's a chair. That's like the only actual furniture <laughs> in there. Just a chair. <laughs> there's actually a lot of empty space in the middle of the floor, and I was thinking, that'll make a good VR room when, when in the future when the Vive comes out. <laughs> Just put those things in the corners, and you can still have all the bookshelves because they're all around the edge of the room, and there's just a nice clear space in the middle. It's <laughs> not a bad idea. That'll be the never, VR room. You never wanted to move back to your old room, did you, then, after 
it became free again. Well, there was too much stuff in it already to fit in the smaller room that I'm in. <laughs> oh, okay. But so you could take all the stuff that's in there and shove it into that small room. But I fit in a small room, apparently. <laughs> Ish. Ish, despite being a tall man. I'd probably fit there better if I took everything out of the boxes, but the boxes are just convenient for storage. <laughs> I Is need to get an actual, like, storage thing to put stuff in. <laughs> Uh, is he, it, are you a tall man or are you just an average sized man and Dan and I are short? Well, I you're think, short. No, I mean, that much is clear. <laughs> okay. I think Zach is tall. It's all relative. Because he's because John is tall as well, right? Zach and John are tall and we're both short. <laughs> well, yeah. Ish. Or are we average and we just keep being told we're short? I don't okay. know. I think I'm a bit less than average and you're less, a bit less than me. We don't, so. we don't know what the modern average is, I guess. Like, if you actually got recent census data or whatever. Are you actually taller than me, Dan, or do you just wear jumbo shoes more? <laughs> oh, that could be true. But I think I'm a tiny bit, but I don't think it matters really. Compared to Zach, compared to how much as tall as Zach is than both of us, I don't think it's really much no. in it. No, that, that, that part of this conversation is moot. I don't know why I brought that up. <laughs> <laughs> You want to feel better about being short? A little bit. <laughs> I'll be honest, it doesn't come up as a sticking point in my life no. that often. Good. I'm a tiny bit taller than Gnome, and that helps. <laughs> That's good, but then Gnome can't wear high heels. Lol. Lol. You can just be wallowed. I'll just wear the beefier shoes, which also Beef have heels. Shoes, yeah. yeah. That's what the French president wears, doesn't he? Lifts, they're called, right? Oh, the the old French president. Because he's super short. Oh, you mean Sarkozy. Yeah, Sarkozy. Not Hollande, but Sarkozy. He's super short. So he wears his stupid shoes in order to look a bit taller next to... Like, obviously, Obama is, like, really tall, so... You're a little French man. You're a little French man. You have Napoleon syndrome. And Napoleon Aww. wasn't short, apparently. So there you go. No, I mean, he's short by modern standards, but... Yeah, but everyone was. But everyone was short then, for some reason. Because they didn't eat as much hamburgers and stuff. <laughs> it's all the hamburgers. <laughs> Lengthening agents in the food. <laughs> and also, I think it's, preserv- it's a preservative, like... right? If a preservative makes them stay fresh for longer, therefore it's a lengthening agent. <laughs> it <lengthens laughs> things the, in the time dimension. <laughs> <laughs> There's just some sort of dimensional rift in your stomach that confuses that on digestion <laughs> and turns it into why? Into why? The why axis. Oh, I see. <laughs> we need more why. <laughs> Get your wise out. <laughs> how would you measure the axes on a... How would you label them on a, like a person? Which would be X? X would be... Y is up. Yeah, Y is up. X would be default. like, yeah, my left hand to my right hand. Right. And Z would and be Z, yeah. Z would be arse to stomach. Arse to stomach. <laughs> Roughly. Yeah, no, I'd think I'd put X forwards backwards. Because that's your like default direction of travel. No, that's always Z. It's always like in and out of like. It's always there. It's only because it's from your no, perspective. Yeah, from a map kind of perspective, X. Yeah, like no X. No, oh, I don't know. 
Damn it. If I'm looking straight ahead, X is left to my right, like because of graph paper. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> it's not a good reason. You're like, I'm pretty sure like, that's how like 3D modeling is all done like that, and anything you're working with in sort of computer space and T rotate it. Yeah, but that's only because like when you're modeling something, you want to look at the front of it. <laughs> For sure, and, I, and I'm saying things are generally symmetrical about that. Axis. And I'm saying if you're well, okay, let's turn this around. Is actually your x-axis? If like assuming the x-axis is is in from my perspective, like. Uh, that that plane, but is it the other way around? As in, is is it? Well, that that's irrelevant. Whether left yeah. or right, left <laughs> depending or right. on what. If you're looking at the front of someone, is it actually right to left? Or that's irrelevant. If you're looking, because like by your logic, if you're looking at the front of someone, I would say that's where my x-axis should be. And the front of me is the direction you're looking at me now. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> I think yes. If you, uh, irrelevant of whether X or Y is uh, in front of you, behind you, or, or or strafe direction, X and Y are definitely in a plane on the floor, and Z is the one you want to add to if you want to get taller <laughs> in a computer game, probably. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Rob made the noise of some kind. <laughs> 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 It was lengthening. Yes, clearly. <laughs> but I'm but I'm cakeless. I haven't had my legs really good. I know we're all cakeless. Okay, I'm gonna have another Jaffa cake. Let's talk about news. Okay, <laughs> the Jaffa cake defines news. News: Splatoon in real life isn't as fun as in the game. What covering hey. people in ink? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I got my splat roller out. I uh, decided to. You know, it, it, we had a bit of a bit of a laugh. It got all over the walls, and uh, my living room is now a different colour. It's, it's not as fun. I mean, the round is too long. I mean, it takes like a day. So, which team won? Team Grey. Yeah, Team Grey. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, it's 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 it still looks modern, but gets out of that magnolia hell. No, I'm just one room. All, I'm all for that. Yeah. Bloody Magnolia. Now you've gone for Steel Magnolia. Steel Magnolia. <laughs> Make it sound like it's a, uh, um, a a look from Zoolander. Steel Magnolia. What is that? I've just made a reference to something that I don't even know what it is. Let me just so what, Steel Magnolia? I don't know. Steel Magnolia like it could be a, is a mech or something. It's a 1989 <laughs> American comedy drama. Right. The, play, the the film's about a the bond a group of different women share in a small town southern community. Wow, it's pretty good. It's a sister story. It's got Sally Field in it, and Julia Roberts, and Daryl Hannah. Hmm. I have to watch that sometime. Steel magnolia. Steel magnolias. <laughs> in this neighborhood, we make our plants out of metal. <laughs> exactly. Meta news. <laughs> news. What's going on in news? Anyone uh, actually got any news? Video games. I'm not paying attention. Uh, Tony Hawk's Five came out. The fifth oh, of the Tony Hawk's games. Oh my god! I mean, have you, have you seen any of that? Yeah. yeah. 
boy, does that look like garbage. <laughs> it looks like hot garbage. Wow. I saw a video where it was like, Tony Hawk's, how fucked up is it? And they were just showing a bunch of clips and glitches and stuff. Yeah. Except, except it, I thought... Lil Wayne in space. Like, I was watching it and it's like, well, yeah, obviously, you know, clipping through the floor and stuff. But like a lot of the time in the video, it was like he was jumping into a corner. And it's like, that's a bit unfair, really, isn't it? Because if you, if you jump into a right-angled corner deliberately over and over, chances are every game will glitch out eventually somehow. Yeah. I mean, maybe yeah. this one glitches out more consistently, like it's not as well tested or whatever, but, and also sure. a lot of it is just like, it's not glitches as much as just really bad ragdoll physics. It's like they don't have a uh, good ragdoll anymore. Yeah, the, 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 the character dying or, you know, bailing just looks really bad. Like yeah. they sort of float through a bit or go into the sky or, yeah, they don't, and they don't even, they don't even bother to wait for him to settle and get back up again. You know, there was that whole thing in the old Tony Hawk's case where like bailing looked really painful, even though it was a canned animation, it'd be like, boy, you've landed on the back of your head. Oh, yeah, yeah it was cool. And then you just get up and carry on. Yeah, rather than it doing the weird fade to white that it now does. They used to have like splatchy sort of, you know, sound effects and stuff, Gibby sort of sound effects, <laughs> like breaking bones and shit. It was cool. Yeah, it was nasty. It just doesn't, the animation doesn't look right either. It just doesn't, there's something about it just, uh, it's like you've, you've taken a game and you've taken it to a swamp and made it all sort of really sludgy and goopy and like, just geeky and feel like that's what this game looks like to me like that slam down thing that seems to be the new feature or whatever oh yeah seem seem like a good idea and also i mean the tony hawk's physics were never right but there's some skill in getting the jump correct right that was one of the skill points of the game it's not meant to be realistic physics but but you just use that slam thing all the time basically right because yeah. you don't have to really aim for a... You just wait until you're over the rail and you slam onto it or whatever. In this new one. Yes. Doesn't yeah. Seem right. it, it, seem, it seems dumb. And, you know, the, the, the levels don't seem particularly inventive. It looks like in some ways they're trying to riff off Tony Hawk's 2 designs. But they don't really go any further with that. It is basically just like... A bad, but what it reminds me of actually is Tony Hawk's One, which you know was kind of a progenitor game, so it gets a pass for mm. um, some of its jankiness and stuff. But this feels like, or looks like, a bit like that, except less good still. Mm. Like something about uh, it just seems really misplaced. Just not not good. Not good. Sad times, but everyone knew there yeah. was going to be bad. So it's like, yeah, the sad thing is Activision haven't like exactly been. Sh- I mean, that's that's bad. yeah. You Activision haven't exactly been shouting about it either, and you know, no. normal normal signs. You know, proper proper press have said to have been you know having to go and buy copies rather than being given copies, which is you know yep. you know classic sign, isn't it? It's yeah. like film reviewers who don't get invited to press screenings. It's usually a bad sign. Yeah. Well, you, you'd think that was like actually that would actually be even more of a mistake in this case because it's just making even more of a highlight that it's full price. Yeah, <laughs> if you give it to them for free, maybe they'll forget. <laughs> it's weird, isn't it? How how is that game as a full price title? Does in this day and age, 
maybe they just think they can cash in on. But it's it's so cynical. Isn't They'll it? probably only just get away with it in the GameCube days, right? Like it seems worse than Tony Hawk's Three. What? Yeah, Tony Hawk's Three is fine, but that's what I mean. But it's like in terms of like content and stuff like that. You know, if you were to go, if you were to sell this game, then you still probably wouldn't get away with it. Yeah, but this game then would have only been like thirty quid, (laughs) so so it still would have been cheaper. Probably. Well, (laughs) UK prices. This was probably going to be what forty quid when it comes out. Probably. If it, I don't know if it's even out in the UK yet, but I don't know. Um, yeah, and the soundtrack doesn't isn't quite as iconic. But then I guess music skater music these days isn't quite as iconic. So perhaps no. they should have just used an old soundtrack rather than trying to make it up to date. No, I mean, yeah, everything about this feels soundtrack. wrong. Maybe it's just the wrong time. Maybe you can't go back to this yet. Yeah, skating's not in vogue, man. It's all about the. Rollerblading, no. What is it all about? I don't know what the fuck's going on these days. No, is there an extreme sport that's cool that anymore? people care about? Extreme think skating had been around for a long time before, like, those Tony Hawk's games. Like, I don't know quite Scooters. what happened. Was it Tony Hawk himself? Or even he'd been around a little while. Yeah. But I guess he, but that was on the rise of his kind of popularity, wasn't it? When, um, you know, he was pretty, he was top, right, when the first game came out, I guess. Sure. Does that yeah. make sense? Um, but yeah. The thing is, it, it it just it's not in the mainstream consciousness, consciousness, but it just carries on, doesn't it? Like, there's just as many pro skaters as there were then, probably more. Yeah, probably. Maybe. Yeah, you just don't hear about them anymore. Just not so much of a culture surrounding, or at least not a culture in the mainstream, let's put it that way. I mean, we, ourselves, like... <laughs> wouldn't know about that culture nearly as no, much I guess, I guess we for would these be ex- games. I don't think. But then but then the sort of music that was being put on like, you know, mainstream radio in this country and things like that, it was so kind of skater focused, right? You could like argue that things like Blink one eight two and Apple well, like Levine and Yeah, that kind of stuff. Like, you know, that because that gone away. Like we were sort of being exposed to that side of American culture that perhaps we wouldn't normally have been like the music scene helped it. Yeah, I guess that's true. And yeah. new metal in general, you know, if you're branching out a little bit, that sort of teenage angsty metal that was super big at the time and isn't so much was stuff like that in like was Papa Roach in Tony Hawk's or whatever. Yeah, it was in one of them. I think it was, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, that would fit. Blood Brothers, I want to say. Yeah, was I'm in, pretty sure it was. Yeah, was in one of them. Yeah. Do you hear the um? Was it the bassist from um, uh, Rage was apologising for the existence of Limp Biscuit the other day, and and saying like, <laughs> and, and what was even funner was he didn't seem to know that Limp Biscuit is still going as a band. He was like, I'm sorry, but at least it's over now. <laughs> and he was like, so, nope. no, no, they had they had an album like about a year ago, I think. <laughs> it was funny. And it was surprisingly all right, just not great. You know, if you wanted a biscuit fix, you got your biscuit fix. A biscuit fix. The thing is, some of those... Uh, some one, of those one, two, three songs. times two to the six. Put them in your oh. cake hole. For your limp biscuit <laughs> <fix>. <laughs> 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 oh. 
they're actually good value um for karaoke etc so yeah they're great i i actually really quite like chocolate starfish era limp biscuit it's stupid music but i really quite like it it's really stupid music but yeah yeah it gets you it gets you going man i just i watched a video for um like break stuff the other day because that is apparently really good at karaoke i discovered um but um it has like Dr. Dre in it and Eminem and a whole bunch of like yeah, it does. Uh, cameos from like really awesome people. It's like, what? How did they? It's pretty get much that, that whole video, isn't it? It's yeah. That whole video is just them against that in that room, isn't it? With random hmm. people sort of walking in, yeah. like saying a line. I'll skin your ass raw. Lip biscuit choo choo. The Richard Cheese version is obviously the best. <laughs> obviously. Clearly. So yeah, uh, Tony Hawks. What Tony else Hawks we got? Five. Don't buy it. Don't buy it. Don't, don't even. Don't even. Don't even. Don't even. Think uh, so Konami sort of went back on their statement a little bit about not doing AAA games anymore. Oh yeah, but only but only a little bit. They sort because that was never really an official statement, but it was sort of said by someone at Konami, and. They, yeah, they basically sort of turned around and said, look, we've still got plans for Metal Gear and we've still got plans for these other things, but, you know, they're just not saying what they are. And every other sign you've given us makes us want to not believe that you're going to come back. I don't know. Okay. I don't, so I don't, that's... Think, I don't think Konami will ever return. They'll, they'll probably just make a Metal Gear pachinko machine and call it erotic stealth or whatever it is. Have you seen that thing for like Silent? Is it Silent Hill? No. No, it's Castlevania. It's Castlevania. That's what they're doing. They, they've they made a pachinko machine, and one of the phrases it uses to advertise itself is erotic violence. That's horrifying. Disgusting. Yep. Yep. Many a ball. Konami don't know what they're doing. Sitting on a gold mine of stuff, though, really. I think I think what they meant by that is like, yeah, we're still going to make Pez. So, like, anyone that thought Pez was counted as AAA, which I, I guess it does, mm. they're sort of coming. They're, they're basically still going to make that, right? Okay. But yeah, I think that was part of the what the guy leaked was that they w- won't do any games apart from Pro Evo. Yeah. So. Maybe maybe it was just you know a PR thing where someone like this is a, this it is actually what they're doing. They are effectively getting out of AAA, but at the same time, it's just like no, we can't say that. Mm. Who knows what they're doing? Someone who does know what they're doing though is my Microsoft fanboyism is coming out again. Microsoft news: um, Microsoft have bought Havoc. Uh, okay, fine. You know, the physics people. Yeah. Um, every time that I keep seeing the Havoc physics logo at the start of the game, I'm like, how is there not another one yet? I mean, Jesus Christ, everyone fucking uses Havoc. And it's not actually that great. <laughs> it's so old at this point. Well, no, it's, a, it's obviously not the same Havoc it was in, in Halo 2. <laughs> yeah, but it's still not great. It, it hasn't really it seemed like it's improved that much over time. No, maybe You right. still get the same... Sort of glitches, glitches. Yeah, you something... see it. You like, oh yeah, that's the havoc physics. <laughs> yeah, the way it handles like overlaps and things like pinging off at high speeds into the distance and that kind of stuff. 
It's still used in like a ton of high profile games though. Yeah. It's just like why hasn't someone come up with another one? Source. <laughs> source uses a havoc, doesn't it? No, source is source. I'm pretty sure I've seen Valve Games with Havoc logos on. I don't think that no. That can't be true, can it? No. <laughs> Dan, you're you're all things Valve. What that can't, that can't be right. What's the allegation? <laughs> the allegation. <laughs> My allegation is that you weren't fucking listening. Yeah. <laughs> that, 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 so I actually used to think Havoc might have been used in Source games. I'm not sure that can be true, right? Because the whole thing about Source was its physics. I can't remember. Maybe they had it in from the. Maybe Source had Havoc physics from the start. I can't remember. Was it? Was it? Was it completely their own? I don't. I thought it was their own, but. Uh. And there's plenty of Unreal games that use Havoc. Despite the fact, you know, Unreal have been in kind of in cahoots with NVIDIA physics for a while. Is X. Fizex. I mean, does, is, I guess Fizex counts as a competitor, right? Sort of. I've never been really clear on what physics actually does in terms of, like, is it actually a physics, like, engine, like, Havoc, or is it just a way to calculate physics but you have to program it yourself yeah is it, is it, like is a, it, is, is it a way of offloading the calculations to the gpu but uh, it sets itself up as being like yeah it's something specific for that sort of thing i mean uh, you know the only time i've seen the option in the games that's fully support it is when you turn it on and it perhaps adds an eff- a graphical effect not necessarily a game effect like there'll be extra particles flying around or right, yeah. there'll be this meat will jiggle more realistically. <laughs> it's good old jiggling. <laughs> was it the Unreal? Was it the, the Gears of War Meat Cube demo or yeah, something? The classic. The Meat Cube. Well, it says that like Ip- Source uses Ippian technology bought out by Havoc or something, so they're definitely related. Oh, right. So okay, yeah. So maybe yeah, this Ippian company maybe they got maybe Source got it before Havoc bought it or something. Maybe they both licensed it in the first instance. Valve Corporation's source game engine oh, well, according v- to physics, which is a physics engine modified from Havoc. According but, to um, the list of games that use Havoc, Half-Life 2. Yeah. Not Half-Life, any of the other ones, just no. Half-Life 2. Yeah, okay, maybe you're right. Maybe that, that makes sense, though, from what Dan just said, that, yeah, perhaps they licensed Havoc and modified it in the same way people licensed Quake. Yeah, I think they're related. So graphics and fashion. Yeah. Yeah, interesting. But now so Microsoft that, get that all that That was probably money. the game that I saw that on. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> when I played Half-Life 2 all that time ago. But now Microsoft will get all that money. Or at least, you know, the royalties and stuff. Yeah, I wonder how much that actually... I wonder what, what the royalty percentage actually is off having. Like, how much do you pay to keep, like, over time rather than just the one-off yeah, that's whatever good you buy? It must be a quite a lucrative buy. I reckon, because it is everywhere. Still everywhere. Well, it's like, what the, uh, is, are they going to try and, you know, somehow make it more Windows specific or Microsoft architecture specific? Like, beat out the PlayStation market by stealing their ability to have good physics? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, if you're thinking of it that way, like games like. Like, well, pretty much any Unreal Engine game tends to have Havoc in it in some capacity. 
you know, things like Mortal Kombat X, I guess most recently, is has Havoc in it, and the Batman games had Havoc in them to some degree. All these goddamn middleware stuff, or it's like they all seem incredibly old at this point. Like, why? Why are we still seeing like big logos and? <laughs> Oh, yeah. like, how, how have we not got past that yet? Yeah, what the shit is Big Video still doing about? I don't even know what it's for these days. Like, is it a pipeline just for delivering video content somehow? Like, one day, maybe someone will come up with some new stuff. Big Video. Although, like, audio technologies like FMOD and stuff still you end up seeing about, like, credited and stuff. We licensed FMOD to do the audio. Yeah, I guess. You know, everything like everyone licenses everything because no one wants to write a fucking audio engine or like a physics engine. If one's good enough, then they'll use it. <laughs> yes, but they're all like just good enough. Yeah. It doesn't seem like there's been any advancement. That's does it, what I'm worried about. Does it, yeah, is it stifling the industry in some way? It's like, remember there was a time when we were all going to have physics cards <laughs> to actually run physics separately? Yeah, and, everyone, and then everyone realized those are basically GPUs. <laughs> Let's do them on that instead. But what if we did have a separate card? Could you do it better? I mean, probably. But then you, it, it's the whole... If your game relies on the existence of physics to, to function and therefore relies on the existence of a physics card to work properly... Well, I mean, they wouldn't have to necessarily even be separate cards. It could be like a double-chipped graphics card where one of them is the graphics and one of them is the physics. Well, those exist. Well, yes, but not... Like that, not mm. not very specifically for physics. Like this is the one physics chip. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, that's that's. I think that's always going to be the trade-off. I think having a separate physics thing was bad because it would have fragmented <laughs> the. Dumb. Yeah, it would have fragmented. It was way too expensive at the time yeah. as well. Also, and it fragments the user base, and developers don't like working against a fragmented user base because they always target the lowest common denominator and then make improvements to everyone that has the nice stuff. Um, most of the time. Um, the, the ability to offload graphics, I mean, sorry, physics onto a GPU as part of one of the things it might do, um, makes a lot of sense. Why not stick with that? Um, yeah, just make your game use the GPU and stuff. I don't, yeah, it's fine. Everyone, everyone should be doing it. I don't even know if they do, if I'm honest. Yeah, it's like impossible to tell. It's like occasionally there's a thing where it's like, oh, turn on the physics. Yeah. <laughs> Does it do very much? They hard to tell. What was it? I think, was it Planetside that had physics support mm. and added all the, the crap ton of particles about? I'm no longer cakeless, by the way. I'm not <laughs> well, going to get, I'm get you to eat eaten it. it yet. But I'm just being presented with, with, with a cake. It's not for you. It's not for me. <laughs> no. Dang. This might be your shining moment, though. There's cream and chocolate. <laughs> We've been told there's just cream and chocolate. <laughs> so, so not the actual cake part of the cake, just the, just the <laughs> other stuff. The cake accompaniments. Parts of cake. Mix that all together. Pipe it onto a, another pile of it. <laughs> <laughs> Can I pipe ca- cream onto my piped cake? <laughs> pipe cream onto your icing. That's totally logical. <laughs> Yeah, you just make a solid block of icing and you pipe cake onto it instead. Yeah. <laughs> so that was a convenient end to that talking yeah. about physics. Let's move on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what else has happened? Anyone else got any more? Because I'm, I'm really stumped at this, 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 this moment. No, there's not been much news. Apart from you went to EGX. Yeah, that's... that's so that's your news. I get, yeah, so this will be my preview section, I suppose. 
Rob has been to EGX and played some games. Oh, wait, there was one other thing that's not necessarily news, but I wanted to talk to you about it on the broadcast, I guess. Go for it. <laughs> I, there's uh, On YouTube recently, a lot of the adverts, that Halo advert has started coming up a lot. Oh, I haven't seen the new ad. Is it or is it like the old <laughs> ones? How new? Because it's like, was this just the ones, ones where the, the the last ones I saw when they did that two sided campaign? Like you know, is it like, like the same ad, but no. one of them is Master Chief dying, and the other one is Agent Locke sort of dying? Well, maybe. I've only ever seen the Master Chief one. Okay. <laughs> if, if, if it is that one, I've only seen that one. Okay. But you know it because it's like it starts in like a diner, and there's a news report. Oh, okay. Maybe that is different. Okay, so that, maybe that is different. So, yeah, I've seen that a bunch. And it's, you know, it's sort of in the vein of the, what they've been doing with Halo adverts lately, I guess, where it's like they don't actually show any of the actual, like, Halo universe stuff apart from they're showing the, like, the very, very far edges of the Halo universe. So it's like, here's some workers in a diner listening to a news report about things that have been happening. Oh, cool. <laughs> I, I do like it when they do, they approach it from this angle, though. Maybe it's not a shouldn't be a TV spot, but, you know, it's like those, those old Halo 3, what was it, the diorama ads? Yeah, exactly. Those are great. That was a great idea. But the funny thing about this advert is, like, it's a the news report is about how Master Chief is dead. No, so okay. Spoilers, yeah. I guess. <laughs> I mean, well, like, I guess probably, not. Yeah. yeah, that's not going to happen, is it? No. Probably not. But, then, like, right at the end, there's a brief bit where, the like, the focus switches to you actually see Master Chief for a moment and he's running for a war zone and stuff is exploding. And it's, it's in like, I don't know what you'd call it, like news cam. Like it's not third person. It's like, shaky like cam. yeah, shaky cam as he's running through and buildings sort of, are falling over and sort of found footage. Yeah. Kind of thing. That sort of style. But like as he's running through this giant collapsing building that's like shit is falling on him from all over the place. And it's like, well, this is, this is the bit where he dies or whatever. Just really faintly in the, in the like sort of rumbling, you hear the shield beeping noise. <laughs> I'm like, well, that's <laughs> funny, but really dumb. <laughs> Is it the you wouldn't be able to hear it. He'd be able to hear it. It's a UI thing for him. <laughs> it doesn't transmit out of his speakers. Also, they've changed that noise in Halo Five. So, does it, yeah, it's, I'm it's not like, sure that works. Yeah, probably different now. That was weird. <laughs> All right, I'll have to check that out. So anyway, EGX, I guess. But actually, but while we're on Halo 5, because I didn't play it at EGX, but I, they've released a lot more info about some, some stuff that's coming and things. Like, uh, they've detailed how Warzone actually works. Right. Um, that crazy new mode, the big scale mode. Okay, so it seems like games last a reasonable amount of time, like probably about half an hour-ish for a round. Uh, and the, it actually has multiple ways of winning, which is interesting. So... One method is do stuff that earns you points until one team has a thousand points. Yeah. So the things that can earn you points are obviously kills, uh, capturing objectives, or defeating Covenant boss squads, which get progressively, which are, are I think get progressively harder as the game goes on. But uh, like the easier ones are worth less points than taking out a hard squad. Um, so there's that to do whilst doing the other stuff. And the objectives are basically there are three sort of strongholdy type bunker things on the level which you can uh, take control of. And when you do so, they become populated with marines uh, to sort of semi... to act as a subtle defense against it. So somewhat Titanfall-y um, fodder 
gets added to that area. Um, and if a team manages to have all three of these uh, bunkers under their possession, then the enemy core opens up. It's sort of MOBA style. And if you manage to destroy that, then the game is yours regardless of your current score point tally. So the dynamic this potentially leads to is when you've got, it's like a 12 player on 12 player thing is like, in theory, everyone can find a role. Like, so someone could be going off getting points for the team, like by going on the boss runs and stuff. Whereas the, or do you refocus the entire team on getting the strongholds and getting the core and stuff like that? It's like, it's, it's, it's an interesting, it doesn't seem like, mess in a way it's like it's a fascinating mess <laughs> it seems like if the if it if you only have to get the three points and then the corridors and then it, then you can kill it that seems like that's never going to be in balance with po- scoring points because scoring points just takes too long in that case even Maybe. it's like yeah there's only so much balance you can do to that because at some point people are just going to be efficient at Capturing the points and well, holding them. And well, yeah, it's what I mean. It's, it's quite easy to hold down, like lock down a room or whatever. Well, presumably, if you end up like two rooms down or something, the team or like all three rooms down, the team mobilizes to either defend or capture one back, right? Well, you have so, to, like. Well, I guess. I mean, arguably, you could like maybe depending on how hard the covenant spawns are, you could have like just have eight of your team hold one room and have the four just kill all the covenant. And mm. So you've got uber defense on one room, which prevents the enemy from winning, and then you're like elite fire squad and just going around getting the points off the covenant. Yeah, <laughs> it's a strange one. It's a strange one. But here's where it gets weirder. The trouble with it is that, like, just think about. The, the level in Team Fortress where you have to capture all three points to win and how well that works. <laughs> sure. 90% of yeah. the time, one team doesn't understand what the fuck is going on and fails. Yeah, sure, but that's because it's out of TF's normal rules, right? Yeah, but this is out of Halo's normal rules. The game mode is based around it. It would tell you what the rules are, maybe. Um, but yeah, here's where it gets odd. The, the game mode has um, the concept of requisitions which can be called in at, at certain points in the game. So there's like an, an energy system of some kind where you're, you basically, everyone gets currency or experience of some, or some, of some kind during the course of a map. And you can then use that and one of your requisition cards, which are a bit like Titanfall's burn cards in that you have them in your player's inventory, your persistent inventory, Okay. Uh, and you can burn one of those to call in something. So that can be range from like a, a power weapon um, of some kind, or just even a specific little weapon um, to start with, or uh, or you know ranging from that stuff all the way up to things like tanks and stuff like that. Um, obviously, the tanks and stuff are probably going to be rarer cards and may have a higher energy cost in order to call in, but. Uh, it pr- creates this weird dynamic where it's like, well, not every game you're going to have the same capabilities. It's just Titanfall again. Yeah. A little bit, yeah. <laughs> it's pretty much exactly Titanfall, except in Titanfall, like, the way you recharge your energy is by dying. <laughs> so you get any burn card. <laughs> sort of, but then you're limited to the three cards per match. Well, yeah, that's, and, just yeah. A, that's just a, like, balance limit, I yeah. guess. Oh, well, I think the system is designed as it is to stop players from, say, calling in a tank, dying, and then just burning their other tank immediately. Or, like, by having the entire team perhaps spawn tanks simultaneously. I don't quite know how that 
hangs together. Well, yeah, because presumably um, the recognition points must be called for the team, right? Because otherwise everyone... Who knows, could, yeah. Otherwise everyone could spawn a tank. <laughs> Which would be pretty hilarious, in fairness. Some tank rush. Rawr. Or maybe there's a vehicle limit on the map or something like that. You know, there's probably other caps in place <coughs> to stop things like that from getting too crazy. Well, maybe. But there are some... But this is how, in a way, you level up your character... Uh, so you can change your loadout to some degree. You like you can earn certifications, or I think they're called certifications, in a certain weapon, so you can use them as your starting weapon. Um, or perhaps you need the certification to let you burn the cards to make them so, your weapon. Who knows? So, hooray, yeah. everyone's going to start with battle rifles. <laughs> yeah, probably. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> I... I'd imagine some of the higher level weapons like battle rifles and stuff like that probably will be locked behind a you can't start with this. I don't think battle rifles are classed as high level in Halo, <laughs> even uh, though they clearly they are. clearly are. Weapon yeah. of choice for everyone. Oh, the pistol's pretty badass now. <laughs> so the DMR is the high level version. It's different. I guess. Yeah. It's different. And in theory, you actually can't kill as fast with the DMR compared to if you get a good spray with the barrel rifle. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's Halo. That's, that's just, that mode seems interesting. Uh, but, you know, it's still... I, that game continues to look polished and continues Another to look and feel fun. about that mode that I just thought of mm-hmm. in a Halo-related problem is how are they going to handle quitters? Yeah, good question. Because, like, in a 30-minute match, you really want to be able to refill slots with match rating or something. Yeah. <laughs> like, mid-level joins, which Halo has never really done before. I mean, maybe I've got that wrong, but I got the impression that it was... Uh, I, I thought they were longer games. Like, specifically designed longer games. A bit like Battlefield-y sort of... Yeah. Sort of, sort of play. As In a way, you could argue that some of that is actually reasonably in common with Battlefield. Like, do you get points for... Holding the bunkers, like does that rap- score you tickets in the same way, or well, not in the same way because in Battlefield it's like literal spawns. It's yeah. what that count means. Well, no, but if you have more territory, like you're cutting it down, aren't you? Quicker, you're effectively scoring. <laughs> yeah, but not not like literally winning the match. <laughs> Apart from eventually, literally winning the match. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it doesn't open up a thing that you shoot. No, there's not. Yeah, there's not. A, yeah, that's the obvious difference. There's not like a super end game unless you're playing assault mode. But then, yeah, it's different in itself. Uh, it could be interesting. I'm still hyped for Halo. And Did you see any, mo- I... any uh, single player? No, that's the that still remains the mystery to me. I mean, I think we talked about it a few weeks ago about the um, uh, what do you call it? The, 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 that they released footage of the Sanghaley Homeworld level. Yeah, that looked cool. Hey, yeah, look good, look good. Um, and I'm still not 100 percent sure how the sort of whole sort of squad based stuff will really fit into Halo in a way. But mm. yeah, I I remain hopeful. I know I know you guys weren't so up on Halo Four compared to the others, but I was just as up on it as as the others. So so I'm I'm still hyped, much more hyped for this than I am Call of Duty. Man, no one seems hyped for that. Who cares about Call of Duty? It's, it's the thing. Like it's just this year, I think actually what's happened is like maybe as a result of ghosts, and maybe as a result of advanced warfare, and then this 
I don't know, is the fatigue finally getting through to the masses? Because the more people I speak to, the more they just... Even play, people I know who play COD, like every version of it, yeah, don't seem to care that much anymore. Maybe it's, it's happening. The, the switching it's happening. to the PlayStation. <laughs> Maybe the switch to the PlayStation made that worse. <laughs> I, I doubt most people. Most people don't even know that that's the that's the thing that that's happened. Or, yeah, maybe people are playing on... Maybe because PlayStation 4 has the bigger market share and stuff and people aren't using them for online play, maybe people have gone off online. I don't know, just stupid. Like maybe PS4's online capabilities just aren't as good and people aren't buying into it anymore. I don't. I really don't know. Um, I like to think it's COD fatigue. Because <laughs> surely we've got there. They're not... And there's nothing interesting looking about this new campaign. They've shown us nothing. And like mm. Black Ops One and Two's campaigns were pretty great. I like. I enjoyed those. But just I, there's nothing here to say. Play me. As much as I had a good time with the beta, it's like it wasn't new. Mm. You know, there was nothing new to get excited about. It's just like this is COD. This is more COD. Any other multiplayer shooters you got to play? I Right, so actually, things I did play at EGX. Uh, I have played Plants vs. Zombies Garden Warfare 2. Oh, get hype. <laughs> oh, totally. It's exactly the same as the last one. Sweet. <laughs> that's Yeah, that's, it's no bad thing. Sweet. I thing. mean, perhaps, perhaps the perspective changed to it being more focused on the zombie side rather than the plant side. I don't think that quite works as well. Right. Maybe, you know, the zombies are okay, but then, you know, the plants are kind of the funny, more interesting bit, really. Yeah. Aren't they? Yeah, of course. Or is that, or is that just me? No, that's definitely but, yeah. true. But yeah, the, the, so the, the, the swap in perspective to being the zombies primarily and the plants being the invaders, like the rebel force. Um, and I'm not sure it comes off quite as well stylistically. And the new classes that we could play at the show were zombie-based, and they don't seem that interesting. You know, one's a melee guy, the others are just basically, I don't know, they've got guns. It's <laughs> mm. one, one has a mech, which then just has guns. You know, they're not actually that crazy. Or they don't feel crazy enough. Like, you should be doing all kinds of bonkers stuff. Like, okay, the pirate zombie seems cool because he has a parrot. <laughs> he has a parrot you can summon. That does stuff. Oh, he doesn't have it straight away. You have to summon it. No, um, he's, he's like one of the um, uh, like he's a bit like one of the other characters in the previous games where you could like the cactus could summon a, a flying bit of garlic to act as a drone, and you could fly it around and shoot stuff. Um, the parrot is basically another one of those, but it's it it, it behaves some subtly different. But mm. it's just it's just kind of funny <laughs> seeing the zombie parrot fly around. Um, yeah, so it's exactly the same game. I hope it has a lot more content than the original. It sounds like it's going to launch with more content than the last one did. Um, and if they then strap on their uh, support program to it, then it's going to be a much bigger game than the last one. Um, but that may come at the cost of it actually releasing full price this time. Because let's not forget, the last game didn't actually come out as a full-price title. It was a sort of semi-budget title. That sort of weird middle-of-the-road price that we sometimes see. 
which seemed weird considering how polished it was. Like if you compare yeah, it, it just, to Tony it Hawk, didn't... which is a full price title. Uh, sure, yeah, uh, it was polished, but it just didn't have a lot of content at launch. Yeah, fair enough, which, yeah. which was its problem. In, in a way, it's like Splatoon has now become like it's a, a much bigger game than what it was in the launch. But you know, if Splatoon was half its current size, then maybe it would like as it was when it launched. Then maybe it should have been a budget title on release. Like in retrospect, that sort of weird middle ground, but. Because they didn't, if you, they added a reasonable amount to PVZ, but not as much as they've added to Splatoon to make it what it is. So it's mm, yeah, the price is now justified in Splatoon land, but never quite got there, I don't think, in PVZ land. Mm. Um, but now it seems like, as I say, if they're going for what sounds like a lot more content this time round, then maybe that they'll just come out of the gates at a higher price. Um, that would be my prediction. But yeah, it's exactly the same. But you'll be playing it, I expect. I'll be playing it, yeah. <laughs> still still on target for um, uh, sort of March, Easter-ish next year. Cool. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so what else did I do? I didn't play, but I saw a bit of need, the new Need for Speed. Um, Who's making that? Criterion? No. Um... Oh, I forget who it is. It's it's the studio that's been that's done the last few Need for Speed games. Um, All right. Because was it the last one? Rivals wasn't actually Criterion, was it? They handed right. over after Most yeah. Wanted, I think. That's right. Um, yes. uh, and the run obviously wasn't Criterion either. So no. I think it's that who, whoever's been managing those games is on I this one. I um, remember what happened with Rivals. Um, it didn't set the world on fire. That's what happened. It's like it was okay, but it doesn't quite do what anyone wants. I think was the idea. Hmm. So, what about this one? I, from what I've seen, I, I think it's hard to get a feel for where, what direction it's going in. Like, so the demo they were sharing online had a number of players in a shared room at the same time. I think they had maybe four, maybe eight. I couldn't see whether the players around the other side of the barricade were also in the same lobby. Um, and it was like a timed demo that you could drive around pick up and picking up events and doing stuff within a certain time limit. Um, and it was, it was a sort of competition to see who could get the most rep points within the, uh, uh, within the allotted session. Um, it comes across a little bit like the previous games, and that you know, you and a little bit like Burnout Paradise in a way, and that you drive to a thing, the thing activates an event, you're suddenly in the event, just there and then, and then go do the things, and then as soon as the event ends, you're just dropped back in the world where you were, like some, somewhat seamlessly, um, carry on. Um, so it's one of those games by the looks of it, um, but visually, I, I thought it looked pretty good. There's some pretty sweet looking wet pavement. That seems to be the measure of these things these days. Yeah. <laughs> the pavement. The, the things about the headlight things about the headlight effects look real nice. Um I mean it ran at, you know, thirty frames. It's not a full on sixty frames game on console, but um but it looked pretty pretty slick, as mm. has to be said. I didn't get to see or get a good feel of the sort of weird FMV shit, like the weird story stuff they're trying to put into this. So I still can't really comment on that, but it looked alright. Looked alright. But probably not 
for me because I didn't really get into the last few Need for Speed games or anything. Not since I didn't really get into Hot Pursuit. You know, the last no, yeah. When when Criterion took over Need for Speed. Yeah, I mean, because you played it quite a bit, but yeah, I mean, I finished it and everything. But, yeah, yeah, but yeah, it didn't quite click for some reason. No, it's just the a old bit Burnout games. dull to me. Mm. I don't know how because you played Most Wanted, didn't you? Zach? Like whether you had the same sort of feeling about it? Like, well, I only played it about as much as we recorded, even, and then a little bit more. No, really, so you didn't go, <laughs> didn't actually spend much time with it at all. No. Well, that's a bit of an, a bit of an indictment in itself, then I guess. Just doesn't grab us. Just want Burnout Three. God damn it. Mm. Man, I was watching a random like history of Xbox sort of video just to pass some time uh, at, uh, in the last couple of weeks, and they showed a clip of Burnout Three, and I'm just looking at it, going, "I want this." Yeah. Again. So awesome. Just give me this. Yeah. Like it just brought back suddenly like this. Oh, this, this. It still looks. Like it plays great, you know. Yeah. It's just like this is what I, this is great. Give me more of this. Come on, guys, get it together. Well, that was a little bit of sort of news. Was some of the founders of <coughs> Criterion are teasing that they're making a Burnout Star game. So yeah. maybe it'll be along those. Well, bloody hope so. I hope they don't make a Burnout Paradise. That's what I'm saying. Because I, I don't yeah. know. Everyone seems to love that except us. Yeah, except us. I didn't even. Oh, I, th- I think three was the best one. Like, Revenge wasn't as good as three, but it was all right. And then, and then, well, three was such a step up, though, wasn't mm. it? Well, I mean, Zach, I'm sure, has quite a lot of love for two, but three was for me was, yeah, quite a big deal. A big such change. a step up. And it was completely different, really. Yeah, they're yeah. different games, but it's. <clears throat> but in terms of like raw thrills. They amped it up in just the right way. Yeah, you can't really beat three. It was awesome. Although I do like the one they released on three sixty, as I've said before. Um, revenge is it four? That was was it a version of Revenge? It was the one you had, wasn't it? Or... Yeah, they re- they re released they re they released re-released. Revenge. It wasn't even a yeah. re release because it was around. It wasn't much after the original release. I don't think only a couple of months or something. But yeah, it looked pretty nice. Was it like um, cross gen? Is that what you call it? Yeah, cross gen. Yeah. Oh man! So what else did I see? Uh, I've seen the new Tomb Raider in action on an Xbox One. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's the one thing we did at the the Microsoft booth, actually, because uh, the Microsoft booth, on the whole, was a little bit underwhelming. They had they had Halo Warzone playing, but you know, I didn't play it because after what we experienced with the Halo demo last year for Master oh, yeah. Chief, and and you know just terrible TV input lag, making playing a game like that impossible at a show. Yeah. Um, I just didn't want to go through that again, like wait in line for ages just to go. I can't get a feel for this how it's supposed to be because these TVs are bad. Hmm. Um, so I play Tomb Raider, you know, non-competitive. Um, that game looks a lot like the last one. Just with a bit more tombs in it. So the demo they had was basically, you're raiding a tomb. Mm. Like, didn't focus on the combat at all. was just like, here's the puzzle-solving elements of this game. And I found it a little obtuse and not a totally obvious what I was supposed to be doing in a couple of spots, which maybe is the point, I suppose. Mm-hmm. I mean, not- in, in that respect, it felt like classic Tomb Raider. 
more than the last yeah. one did. Um, I remember Tomb Raider being about running around in circles for ages trying to figure out what the fuck you're supposed well, to yeah, do. Well, yeah, what's the one little thing I'm supposed to do? And yeah, there's a tiny bit of that feel here. Right. Um, which I'm not necessarily sure is the best thing, but it does, in some respects, this is becoming more and more like Uncharted, I think, the more I see it. Yeah. But I feel like it's not quite Uncharted. Or it it, no, it's, it's not. It doesn't have the crazy. Uh, I suppose the range of Uncharted. It doesn't have that. Like you could be in tombs one second, and one in the next case, it's justified for you to be in a busy town having mm. a firefight. You know, it's not one of those games, uh, or at least the way they set it up doesn't make it the same. You can't do it in the same style. Um, but it's very close. It's pretty close. Um, yeah, it looked good. Played good. Um, there's some nice animation stuff going on. Yeah, the Xbox version looked absolutely fine. Um, yeah, if you want more tombs to raid, that we all this is this is probably going to be good. I think it'll be fine. Just probably not wholly original. You know, it won't make as big a splash. I think as the first one did in terms of holy crap, they've done a pretty good job on this because this will be holy crap, they've done the same game. <laughs> yeah. More of the same. But still, yeah. maybe they'll do something more, because at least with the story of the last one, they went all like a super origin story or whatever, so maybe they'll do something actually interesting this time. Yeah, a bit maybe. More in, because not, not that that wasn't interesting, I'm just saying that origin stories are always inherently a little bit... Like, well, you know... Maybe, like you, you can make things, them interesting. Keep, I'm a, yeah, yeah, they keep I'm a, doing You know I'm a story. sucker for a good origin story. Yeah. Like, if if done well, I don't think there's a lot better than that. But this, what well, I don't think the story in the last game was done well. Mm. Um, what was it, Lady Pratchett or something? That's right, yeah. The writer, yeah. Uh, who I'm not just not a fan of in general because she was also behind Mirror's Edge and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, Mirror's Edge two, by the way, was at the show, but I didn't get a good. I didn't get a chance to check that out properly. Oh, that's um, okay. From all reports, it is Mirror's Edge. Well, that's good. Like, kinda, like the good and bad seems oh, relatively okay. present. Um, but I thought they're fixing all the gun stuff, and yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't think there's guns in the game, but there's something. The the reports coming out seem to say like, well, you know, this they may have taken guns out, but does this really fix this? After all, um, so I don't know. I I really want it to be good. I think it'll be better. But, yeah, it probably so. will, and it'll probably be worth playing. Definitely, I think the original was worth playing in a way. Sure, well, there's nothing else like it. Still, no. nothing else like it. Yeah, so let's hope. Yeah, and then the other sorry, I was talking about the Microsoft booth, wasn't one of the other things. They had Forza there, um, but having actually played yeah, the demo <laughs> that was available yeah. before the show, it's like, and it's now out now officially. It's like, no, I don't really need to see that. Um, and they also had Rare Replay. And it's like, what? Why? This is like the really hard game to demo at the show. As I then witnessed a kid loading one up, trying and loaded up, and obviously didn't know what half these games were. And so the first thing he picks is Viva Pinata. And these demo consoles obviously then weren't set up to do the Xbox 360 emulation properly. So it then had to go through the long, oh, we need to set this up. Download this. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's not a great game to demo like that. Hmm. Or not a great collection to try and demo like that. Because they, they, they just had the whole thing running, you know, the full game just running. It wasn't a proper 
demo package, I suppose. Mm. Um, and that was pretty much the, the, the Microsoft booth this year. There wasn't a lot there. I mean, they had qu- the Quantum Break trailers that we'd seen earlier in the year playing on the monitors and things. Um, but that was it. So a little underwhelming, actually. Not the greatest showing from the big M. The big M, not the big N. Mm-hmm. Um, what about Ninty the big booth, M? on the other hand. Yeah. Yeah, it was kind of neat, actually. So okay. I played a bit of Mario Tennis. Oh, yeah? It's not It's not Mario Tennis. Oh, god damn it. It's, it's still not the N64 Mario Tennis. It feels mm-hmm. wrong. What, more so Something than the GameCube one? Uh, more so, yeah. It just doesn't... I, so, I was so bummed. I mean, don't get me wrong, Kibbs and I had a pretty great time playing it because we didn't know what the fuck was going on half the time. Right. <laughs> like, the, it meant, like, every now and then just mega mushrooms are just thrown onto the field, which obviously makes your character enormous. But then, actually, the way the ball moves sort of changes whether one player or the other is big. It's weird. Hmm. Like, so if you're massive, your ability to get to the ball is obviously improved. But... As is your shot speed. Your shot speed suddenly increases. Except for when the ball hits the ground, it then sort of stops in the air and sort of pops upwards, making it still okay for the other player to get to it. Which I suppose is their way of balancing out this random thing. But I really didn't get a feel for how that game is supposed to play properly. Mm. We played, like, what, uh, six games? into six, So two, three game rounds. Mm-hmm. And uh, best of three rounds. And yeah, I just didn't get a feel for it. It's it's weird. It's not the N sixty four. I mean, the N sixty four one is weird in its own special way because of its strange momentumy control scheme. Mm. But that felt like there was more skill to it. This just, mm. I mean, does that, it still have the momentumy thing where you run and then you hit the shot button and hold and you're sort of slightly not as, moving that way until you hit it? Not as pronounced, right? Uh, I mean, I did have one circumstance where I cocked up like that, and I was totally in the wrong position, and had, to, but I didn't know what the cancel button was, um, so I couldn't get out of it. Um, so there is, I, I guess, a bit of that exists, but it's definitely not as floaty as, say, as when you were playing as Boo, and you charge up and you're still moving quite significantly. Yeah. I mean, most of the time you stopped, didn't you? And like the original, Pretty even much, then, you yeah. still stopped. And, and but you could hit. You now. didn't have to like in other tennis games. You had to hit the button. When the ball came to you, whereas in Mario Tennis you hit it. Yeah, once you charged, it would. Yeah. Well, once you charged, yeah, it would auto hit once you if you're in the right place. So that's done. Um, And and it it still behaves like that. Yeah. Um, But things like the drop shot didn't seem nearly as useful. Um, The lob I didn't get a feel for. The where the there's lots of indicators on the floor about where the ball is going to be now, and I didn't quite. Some of them seem to have glyphs of various Mario power ups on them, and so I didn't quite get a gist of what that was about. It just came off as odd. I don't. I can't. Just couldn't get a feel for it. Mm. And maybe that's the problem of playing something at a show. But it just, mm, it didn't gel with me. Like not in a. As I say, weirdly, we had a good time because it was pretty hilarious trying to work out what the hell was going on. But that sort of had the the opposite problem. The lingering issue was just like, you know what? Yeah, I had no idea how to actually play this. Where's the game, in a way? Uh, but other stuff I had a better time with. So, Kevs and I played some multiplayer fast racing Neo. Okay, yeah. So, 
again, not the best demo for getting a feel of it, because I think the majority of the gameplay is going to be based on the solo experience, a bit like how F-Zero was. So, because it was basically just me and Kips on the track. Mm. Um, and the way those tracks are designed, um, I, it feels like they're supposed to be filled with competitors. Right. Yeah. Like, without them there, it feels kind of empty. Uh, which is a bit of a shame. So, again, demo might not be... And those first... We played the first five courses of the game, and they're all pretty simple. Like, there's no real tricks or massive difficulty to them. I don't think it's really playing to the game's mechanics particularly. They're like, most of them, the large straight lines, for instance, and you might get a boost in them, or you might get some... The boost orbs that are layered around that you might have to weave a bit to pick up. So I don't think it really showed off how that game is supposed to be massively well but then when you start actually getting having to actually turn a corner um i don't think it can be those games in a way it's sort of a different beast it's not as tight and not as precise as f-zero so the the vehicles feel like they have some weight to them whereas f-zero's everything is very nippy very grippy up until the moment you suddenly lose the grip um you know, F-Zero has that very strange feel to it, really, like in that everything is perfectly stable until mm. you try and take a hard corner and then you can lose it in an instant and it's gone and then you've got to try and fight to get your grip back, which is great, but it's very specifically F-Zero feel mm-hmm. um, that nothing else has. In the same way that Wipeout has its very floaty, very momentum-y uh, mm. feel to it, which has evolved over the years. You know, it's not always been the same. Um and F- F- Wipeout is the only game that does that. This, oddly, is somewhere in the middle, and that it right. doesn't feel drifty like Wipeout. Wipeout, right. But, the, but I mean, there's a little bit of drift there, but not in the same way that you're floating all over the place and have that sort of wobble and bounce that you do in Wipeout. But in the, you're, you're sort of planted. But in the same aspect, you're not as nimble as you are in F-Zero, and you don't have that sudden loss state that you have mm-hmm. in F-Zero. So a bit of me wonders if actually like, that's too simplistic. Like You still have left and right air brakes, but they don't really... They just cause you to steer harder. Right. Um, rather than have a sort of physical, yeah. interesting mechanic to them. Um, so the demo has had the effect of dampening my hopes as oh, a result. A in, that, okay. in that I don't think it's. I mean, it, it looks nice-ish, you know, for a Wii U game. It, it runs okay, but that demo didn't show me enough to make me think this is going to beat either of those. Mm. I mean, maybe if it comes out and it's a budget title, because it will come out on download, I think. I don't think it's getting a disc release. Mm. Um, then maybe it's worth a punt. Um, but it doesn't. It doesn't strike me as beating those. But maybe it'll be just enough to <laughs> keep me semi-satisfied. I don't know. Keep you uh, rolling along until the next F Zero game, as if that's ever going to happen. God damn it! It's, it's never going to happen, man. It's no, like, I know. I'm sort of resigned to that never happening. Yeah. Uh, but then I was sort of resigned to Star Fox never happening in a way, which I've also played. Go on. I think it's good. Really cool. I I'm glad. got I'm a. Sort of- I got a good feel. Yeah, I got a good feel from the Conaria demo. Um, There is one awkward. Well, I have a couple of niggles. 
And but you know, for the most part, it feels good. I don't think it's quite as tightly designed as the N sixty four original. There's something about it that's not quite as. Uh, it doesn't feel as. This is the weird word. It doesn't feel as designed like the course. Like there's a very specific feel to Corneria on Lilac Wars, where everything is in the in a place for a reason, and it's trying to teach you the ins and outs of how to do things, but also try and guide you through perhaps secret discovery and. Uh, different tactics that you can destroy things. And there is that to it. I mean, it is replicating some of that, but it just feels a little bit more haphazard. Um, maybe that's because they can do more with the Wii U compared to the N64, that maybe they could throw more about just visually and stuff like that, perhaps. But as a result, I'm not sure it feels as clean in terms of an introduction to the game. Yeah, Nintendo are normally great at that stuff. Hmm. Yeah, that's true. That's their thing. The introduction level to a game. Well, is maybe they'll tidy it up even further. I mean, before really. How yeah, maybe. To maybe. Release? I mean, uh, they've. I think they've just said early next year. All oh, right. Okay. They they haven't g- given a specific date. Um, uh, but you know, control wise, uh, ignoring the fact that I think the layout on the gamepad of where the buttons are by default is a bit nuts. Um, so okay. Let me try and explain that. Like sh- sh- shooting used to be on the A, the big A button, I guess, yeah. on the the green A on the N sixty four version. Whereas now that's been put on the right trigger, and it's like at first you think, okay, that's fine, but then it doesn't take a lot longer than that to suddenly realize, oh, but didn't I used to use the left and right triggers for the banking and the barrel roll? Yeah. yeah. So how do I do that yeah, now? Is. And it's like their solution is, well, let's put that as left and right on the right stick. And all of a sudden, my brain goes, no, no, that's not right. Mm. I, I, that doesn't feel... And like I got a bit more used to it, but it doesn't... It's not as good. The feel right. isn't as good as having... And I'm hoping you can... I'm really hoping you can remap that. Um, because control button locations aside, it feels like Star Fox. It feels good. Um, the gyroscopic aiming thing didn't bother me at all. It's possibly because I've been playing a Splatoon a lot. Yeah, this didn't feel alien, right? Yeah, like people yeah. were worried that, that this was going to be like, oh, it's a weird thing. Like, oh, when the fact you can now look down to the screen to see from the cockpit view to get slightly better aiming, perhaps in some circumstances, that nothing, none of that felt bad. Uh, I had no problem with that whatsoever. It's just the button locations were weird. Like even speed up and slow down had been put as right stick up and down. Like where they would have been C buttons, I guess before. Mm. Um, on, and it's like, well, you've got four face buttons there. Can't I still use one of them to shoot, one of them to bomb, one of them to speed up, one of them to slow down, and then use the uh, use the paddles or use the the, the triggers as the, as the bank yeah. and do the rolls and stuff? And yeah, that would be fine, right? Then I can use one of the bumpers to do the weird chicken transform you can do now, mm. if you want to. Um, which again didn't feel it felt as you would expect it would, you know, not really a problem with that. Um, so the couple of so that's the first slight niggle. The second one is um, I there's a section uh, which I think everyone who's been paying attention to this game might have seen where spiders come out of spider-like robots come out of crates and start moving towards the 
um, the sort of Canaria Tower, and it's the game is basically forcing you to try and learn how to gyrosco- gyroscopically aim because you have okay. to hit them from above. Right. Um, so it wants you to fly by and aim down and shoot them as you fly by, or you can turn into a chicken, which actually makes things a lot more difficult as it turned out. But yeah. Um, and so the whole, when it's forcing you to aim quite a long way different from where you're flying, that doesn't work as well because obviously then you then start having the disconnect between where you're aiming and where you're flying being different. Mm. And it's, so that's harder. And I found the hit zones on the spiders actually somewhat difficult to actually hit. Um, so maybe that wasn't working so great for me. Um, and, but the final thing, which I think actually is the biggest deal of them all, um, is that when the big boss mothership thing comes down, yeah. um, the game basically then forces the top screen view to not be behind your ship anymore. It like goes into a dramatic, the camera is always going to be centered on the mothership and you're flying around it view, which then forces you to use the bottom screen. Oh, weird. But the bottom to screen, actually sorry. fly accurately. Yeah. Like no, and real to shoot things accurately. Offense to the Wii U or whatever, but that bottom screen is cool to use and stuff. But it's pretty crappy looking, kind of. But they do like, a pretty good job. Like, there's no real difference between like the fidelity in right. the two screens. I mean, yes, the main screen is obviously higher resolution, hmm. but they're you know they're not like cutting back on what they're rendering. I suppose no. on the bottom screen. No, um, they need so to you know it looks video, don't they? Yeah, it looks okay, but it's, I just think it's an odd decision because you're not really you're, you're basically losing a screen you don't mm. gain anything by having yeah. this camera angle unless there's other people um, in the room watching or something i mean i hope that's something they take out and they put there for demo purposes it's entirely likely that they did that mm. to make the demo force you to use the the screen so you can see it so you can feel it so you can you know Get a get a get a get the gist of what's actually going on down there, rather than playing trying to just play the entire game looking at the top screen. And I hope that is the reason they've done it, um, because I thought that was that strikes me as a bad idea. Uh, like I wouldn't mind like perhaps having like a press Y to toggle ball cam like in Rocket League style button so you could flick the camera to have a look at where you're supposed uh, you know the point of interest I suppose. Um, but having it permanently that way, yeah, no, don't get it. So, impression, it's going to be good. Maybe not as good as Lilac Wars. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, hope's still high. That's good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm still, I'm still cool. excited. And another good game for Wii U, hopefully. So. Yeah, hopefully. Well, they haven't got much in the hopper past that, other than perhaps that new Zelda, whatever that turns out to be. Mm. If that even. Oh, and, and an, oh, you. <laughs> well, I don't know <laughs> if we talked about this. Do they have basically confirmed there's a new Pikmin coming? Oh yeah, and that happened quite quickly, didn't it? They were like suddenly it's like, oh yeah, by the way, they've been, they sort of leaked or something, didn't it? Yeah, I think someone said it casually <laughs> in conversation, and they were like, oh yeah, I wasn't supposed to say that or <laughs> something. Like <laughs> Pikmin Four, yeah, it's a, it's a thing. Cool. Um, yeah, it's not that far away, apparently. Um, none of us played although three. Although, nothing. nothing no, none know. of us played three. I mean, it's a Wii U game, so. And Zach's the most likely one to want to to have wanted to play that. Mm-hmm. Being the Pikmin fan that he is. Pikmin? Pikmin. <laughs> <laughs> He's the Pikmin. Oh boy, what else did I play? Um, 
that's the bulk of stuff. Let's go. Let's go indie. Oh no, wait. Before we go indie, um, Kipper's got a session with PlayStation VR. Right. Um, so this is secondhand knowledge, but he says, "Yeah, damn man, that's pretty cool. It's a bit um, resolutiony, like because mm. I guess the PS4 is only outputting 1080, and it, yeah, he said like it, when it's that close to your face, it's kind of noticeable. What 1080? You know? So like half of what you see, you, you can still see. Yeah, you can see pixels basically, and it's like you know, it's it's it's, it's noticeable. Yeah. Um, but he said that like things didn't have any problem with input lag or." You know, motion sickness kind of effects with it. Um, uh, he said it's definitely better. I think we've only really before, or I've only had experience with, and I think he's the same. We've only had experience with Oculus DK ones mm. um, in the past. So they've come um, a long way since then, haven't they? Yeah. So you're saying, yeah, it's definitely improved over that by it's you know, a long shot better than what that was. Um, and so the demo he played was the heist demo, where he was also using move controllers to basically shoot out the side of a car. Oh, cool. And he said, yeah, that feels real good. <laughs> um, I, I still have my doubts about where VR gaming is going to go in the short term, at least. I think it's going to take a very long time for us to learn what we can and can't do with VR. Um, short of just making cockpit games, I guess. Or there's a, there's a lot of challenges there. But, you know, in terms of that particular demo, he said, yeah, it feels good. Like, maybe rail shooters will be back. <laughs> Yeah, that would be quite fun. I mean, I wouldn't mind playing a bit of resin in virtual reality. Oh, man. It'd be super yeah. easy to render. Yeah, Ch- Ch- Child of Eden with, uh, with VR. Man, that would be crazy. Uh, yeah, and the only other real PlayStation thing uh, I did while I was there was um, I played a bit of Tear Away, Unfolded. Um, What's so, they, so this is a, a, a sort of reimagining of the Vita version of Tearaway, um, which, if you're not aware, is basically a, a, a little bit like Little Big Planet, but for papercraft. Uh, so it's a sort of pa- a, a platformer, a 3D platformer, rather than a sort of 2D platformer, but uh, with the entire world has been made out of scrap paper. And um, you can manip- you, the whole point was you could manipulate the world using the Vita's crazy features like you could poke holes in it in the world by oh, right. okay. pressing the rear touch and stuff like that um and apparently it's a very good example of how to play the game you know use the vita camera in aspects to show yourself and stuff and put you in the game in places in cool ways and um was one of the reasons to own a vita early on um so the ps4 version is basically a reimagining of that game so they've it's got a lot of the old content sort of but redone in a way that makes sense for the ps4 controller so uh you know you could you can uh, aspects that wouldn't have worked because you can't touch the back of the screen for instance have been reworked into something different that makes sense um so this level was mostly about wind and so if i swiped on the touchpad of the ps4 controller it would cause a gust of wind in a specific direction which would then blow bits of paper in certain ways to either make platforms or bridges or uh flip bits of levels so something else appears um and, you know, for the most part, it worked. You know, the swiping wasn't always 100% accurate, as I guess is the nature of swiping. Um, but that was all right. Um, they also did other stuff where you could throw, um, by tilting the controller up, you could get your character to throw an object at you, the player, which you can then point using the the, the controller's light bar and sensor and stuff to then throw stuff back into the level to cause things to happen. 
Right. Uh, it just you know, felt very tactile, kind of nice. Um, and you know, from footage I've seen from the rest of the game, they do some nice stuff. Nice stuff of the light bar as well. Like you know, you can use it as a literal torch in places. So the, like the bar shining on the screen like causes all the a nice lighting effect of everything to happen and stuff. It's a uh, oh, cool. Yeah, it has sort of the little big planet problem though. Even though it's not made by the same people, it has yeah. that sort of problem though of somewhat floaty control. Right. Yeah. Um, it's not as bad as Little Big Planet's floaty platforming, but it some of there were places where you're supposed to blow flat um, like a square bit of paper, and it would because you put wind on it and it wasn't yeah. triangulated, it would just flatten out. Okay. So then you could go stand on the bit that was then going to bounce back as being the top. But then I had moments where you know if you were walking on it when it was sort of moving or um, when it wasn't quite in place or something that it would sort of just not snap to you being on the platform, perhaps in the way that you would think that you could sort of just drift off or float a bit or momentum your way out. Mm. Um, uh, so that didn't hold up so well for me. And I also thought the one moment where the game basically forced me into combat with some enemies that it didn't hold up very well. As far as you don't really have any offensive capabilities other than in this case, picking up items around you and throwing them at stuff, which is never the most, uh, like clean way of doing things, I suppose. It always feels a little awkward having to play something like that. Mm. You could always, if you wanted to, throw stuff at you and then have you throw them back into the world to hit the enemies, but that's, in a way, just as clumsy. Um, so, yeah, I didn't like that too much, but it's a good-looking game, man. It's, like, super sharp on a PS4. It looks looks great, and I, I love their... The fact that all the animations of the paper and stuff, they specifically do it like a low frame rate to make it look like it's sort of stop motion animated. Oh, really? It's okay. kind of awesome in That's motion. Cool. I, it's not a game for me. I think it will go down well with kids. Right, yeah. Um, in a sort of charming way. But it's, a, yeah, I think it's cool. It passes my test. I think it's cool. Yeah, good to hear. Oh man, what else was there? I I watched some competitive StarCraft. Uh, what were they doing that for? Uh, Gfinity were running tournaments um, over the weekend, so they had a StarCraft two big ass tournament, and they had a CS:GO tournament there. Um, it, it, you know what? Screw the actual competitive side of StarCraft. Actually, just seeing the show they put on, it's kind of impressive. You know, yeah. it's. It's very professional. Uh, you know, the little booth where, you know, the, the commentators are sat. They had two of them. They had a booth for, like, the mid-game mid, mid game analysis and, you know, talking about who what the next matchup is going to be and how it all pans out and stuff like that. And then they had another booth specifically for the commentators and stuff. And then when they were actually showing the game, they, all the graphics on screen were, you know, very... Inf- they had a special view into it, so it would show informative stuff. and Right, properly done. Uh yeah, you know, it had the if you ever saw the international or any clips of it, they had like the proper like booths set up for the competitors to come sit in and stuff. And there was uh, there were smoke machines for like big moment and then you know entrance music and stuff like that. It's a cool, it's kind of a cool thing. Crazy, yeah, but kind of cool. The crowd dynamic definitely helps. So was there a big crowd watching the match then? Uh, it was all right, yeah. When when we got to like, and when we got to actually a proper match being played, like between 
like pros, then yeah, there was a bit a bit of a crowd came in. Um, I think it was the start of the final, and it was a big ass long thing, so we didn't stick around for all of it. Um, we had stuff to do. Um, but but yeah, it's it's kind of a fun experience actually. I, yeah, I was sort of overwhelmed by it more than I, you know, I was impressed by it more than I thought more I would be. What expected, yeah. Yeah, it's kind of cool. Cool. Uh, and finally, let's talk some indie stuff. Um, games on my things we should be watching for list. Uh, Thumper, which Kipper's uh, sought out. He'd heard about this and thought it would be ni- neat to see. Oh, man, I thought this was really cool. Right, so... It's a rhythm game, but it's presented in the style of audio surf, kinda. So you take the lane, the sort of highway of audio surf, and like in the particular demo I showed didn't let you move left and right. It was just a single track. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're a space beetle hurtling along this at crazy speeds while things sort of appear in front of you. So the whole sort of look of the game, as I say, is quite audio surfy, quite neon um, and a bit, you know, music visualizer in a way, you know, stuff's just happening. And it's all very arty. Um, and But the music is like super oppressive. So it's like Ooh. you're, you're hearing just like sort of ambient noise for a while, sort of like, and then all of a sudden these like, um, drums will come but not like electronic drums like sort of like timpani and things like that so it'll go tack dum dum tack and that'll be like what you've got to do in terms of the world so like you press a to like hit these little barriers that appear on the floor and then um the corners appear and uh, which are where the clap sort of noises and then you have to jump and rotate yourself to hit the wall and bounce off it at the right angle without getting hurt oh my goodness um, that sounds really hard. but it happens at a breakneck speed um it's not like the rhythms you're doing are actually very complicated, but the speed at which everything is moving at you and it suddenly goes, and then you've got to repeat it. Um, and these sections get longer and longer. So after a while, your ability to just hear it and then repeat it gets less and less um, because the sections get longer and longer. <coughs> ah, excuse me. So it's, um, but this audio is building all the time to come more and more literally thumping and literally more heavy and more impactful as it goes on. And it's, and it does get hard. It gets hard pretty quick, even though again, the rhythms you're following might not be that complicated, but because of the way it's presented with this, as I say, incredibly brutal feel in a way, it's, um, uh, it, it makes it harder than it is, but it's great. Like getting yourself in, I couldn't put it down until I finished the demo and the demo was quite long and it got hard at the end. And it's like, but I loved it. It was, it, yeah, I'm, I'm, I, I want to see how that t- pans out big time. Thump. Thumper. Thumper. Okay. It's happening yeah. PC and it's uh PC. Yeah. It's going to get a steam release. Um, it's not like on green light or anything. You can go view its page, I think, but it's not, uh, yeah, but there's no, there's no way to try it. Yeah. Okay, cool. So there will be, uh, yeah, it's pretty cool. Uh, pretty cool. Uh, yeah. Sounds uh, pretty sweet. Yeah. Looking forward to it. It was fun. I had a good time with that. Um, 
the other thing we saw, oh, just beats and shapes is looking to be probably my next cool game as well. That's, that's okay. So take chip tune music, like the stuff you probably heard from super hexagon. Mm. I think it might actually have the same guy who did some of the music from super hexagon in it. But, um, mix that with a bullet hell shooter. But you don't actually shoot back. Your entire job is just to dodge stuff. And the stuff that's appearing on screen is all choreographed to the music playing. Right, okay. And that's pretty much it. Like, you can dash to give yourself a moment of vulnerability as you jump through stuff to get to a slightly safer part of the screen. But, man, that music is great. That gameplay is hella fun. And when you put four people together all trying to get through these ridiculous stages at once, it's like, that's a great experience. Did and you the boss level there shit. Yeah, we played it with four. And it's like, oh, it's, that's a lot of fun. It's great. And the boss level they showed off not only has super awesome music, but is a great way of pulling off the whole like the bullet hell to music thing where everything is happening in time and everything mm. is, all the danger is is planned and oh it's great i'd really really like to see see you know wait for that to come out and stuff like that i think it's early days for it still but it's yeah it's neat it's a good good time and they've got videos available for that uh but i don't again i don't think there's a demo or something uh publicly available for that go check it out uh that's I want to say it's just beats and shapes, but I might have got that wrong and it'd be just shapes and beats. Right. Easily. Easy to get that the yeah. right way around, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, and the other thing we sort of discovered was man or goat. Man the stupid or little goat. Man or goat. It's a stupid bloody little game you can get for iOS, um, which is literally that. It will play you a sound effect and you have to tell it whether it's a man or a goat. Oh, God. Are they <laughs> Sometimes... Men- Trying to imitate goats, or yeah. Well, one of the developers actually, I who who we the two developers of it were there. They were the guys showing it. Um, so we, so we had a chat with them, and yeah, it's one of them doing the majority of the goat impressions. <laughs> some guy. of them was some of them were super obvious that it's a good. Like some of them, they have fun with it. Some of them are really stupid. Like they'll just say something, like "get off" <laughs> or something. Um, which sort of catches you off guard and makes you laugh a bit while you're playing it. It's, it's, it's a stupid game, right? It appealed to my ridiculous sense of humour. <laughs> One of the best laughs I had all day. Sweet. And it's available now for free. The only important thing about that game is does it remember what sound effects it's already played? Because well, if, you, if it's totally random, that's not even as cool. You want to like work for it so you can hear it everything eventually. Well, this is the thing, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's actually structured into 80 levels. Um, well, I think there are some repeating sounds, uh, as you said, but like each each level is basically a set pattern. It's like these sounds will play, um, and they do just basically outright say in the game's help file. Look, if you want to get a better score on a level, just replay it until you memorize the order. Is <laughs> like, but obviously the most fun you have of it is just going through each level in turn, being hit by new stuff each time, and uh, so you can go through go through it that way in a sort of fixed pattern, so you don't hit in theory. Uh, proper repeat or at least an unplanned repeat um, and there are other modes which do randomize things um, like poo bucket poo bucket's kind of funny 
you have to get an answer. You have a very short period of time, but every time you get an answer right, um, it suddenly goes into a, like a um, you're controlling the bucket at the bottom of the screen and have to catch all the goat's poo that's flying out. <laughs> and the more you catch them, the bigger your multiplier gets. And it's like, can you fill the bucket in the time limit? And it's like, I can't get close. I got like forty percent or something. It's a silly game, but it's very funny. Panel goat. Check it out on iOS. Yeah. Uh, I think that's pretty. That was pretty much my EGX. I, then if I think of anything more, I'll come. I'll come back to it. Okay. Right. Well, that's news. <laughs> news. Games are coming. Now the question is, what have we been playing um, of games that have already come, <laughs> as it were? They came already to this world, and now they are playable. And Zach has been they playing are. some. They are upon us. <laughs> are they? What have you been playing, Zeg? Yes. <laughs> Give me some... Doesn't, doesn't say that it's upon you in playing in the future, though. It's like it hasn't happened yet. Well, the winter is upon us. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's like it's starting, really, isn't it? Uh, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or These you're in the middle of it. Upon us. Yeah, but that's sort of a different. You don't use it in that context. No, nah, so I guess not. Even though that's technically perfectly right, I guess for that weird usage of upon as a mm. as a description. It's fully upon me. So yeah, I haven't played that doing? much different. Really, I played some. Dirt Rally, because Finland came out at last. It, uh, it was the September update, and actually it came out on the very last day of September. Finland, Finland, Finland. I've been waiting, because I thought... I, I've, it was weird, because the previous update, I thought it had come out quite early in the month, and I was like, oh, maybe they're sh- maybe it's just like their schedule has gradually shifted to be earlier. And But then when I looked at the actual date, it was like, oh, it came out on the 25th. I guess that wasn't that early. <laughs> But then this from Finland update came out on the last day of September, right? Just just in time. Finland. Although technically it was October for me because it was on a US time schedule or whatever. Oh, sure. <laughs> so it was actually the first of October. <laughs> so I played. Why would it be on a US time schedule? I'm just thinking about it. Because like... all releases on Steam mm. are scheduled. It's like it's Valve's server upload or whatever when they toggle the switch. But they wouldn't. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah. I was about to say, yeah, because I was about to say, wouldn't we get it early? That No, no, it doesn't work like that. <laughs> Very rarely it doesn't yeah. work like that. So yeah, I messed around. I played the, the stages, I guess. The trouble is, they didn't really explain it very well in the patch notes, but luckily I'd already read the blog that they'd done coming up to this, like the last couple of blogs. Because weirdly, I think they've just, they just kind of forgot to upload the blogs onto the Steam news feed. So, like, the last couple of blogs, I was like, why hasn't it updated? And then, mm. then I just went and looked at their website. It's like, oh, there they are. Right. Because <laughs> they do weekly blogs. So there should be one every week, but there hadn't been. And then I discovered that they seemed to have just forgotten. So I went and read those, and they explained it slightly better in one of those blogs. But, like, they're, re- they're like, doing a second pass on the handling in general but they've only done some of the cars in this update, hmm. which A, makes them handle differently, but B, also affects, like, force feedback strength. Right. Because, like, it's a- it's actually affecting the physics of the car. Yeah, interesting. And they it, they said, like, 
generally what we've done makes the downforce like like less on most cars, which makes your force feedback feel lighter because it's not in it's yeah, as much yeah, contact yeah. with the road or whatever. Yeah, okay, but we that. don't want to turn it up because then the ones we haven't changed it would be too strong. So they're just leaving oh, sure. it for now. Okay, right. Some logic to that. So that's kind of awkward if you don't if you, if I hadn't already known that, it might have been more like surprising. Oh, does is is the force feedback broken? Kind of. Thing? It's not really or... broken. It's just like it, you can. No, but would you think that? Like maybe. I mean, you can definitely tell the difference between the cars that have been done and the cars that haven't. Where it's like this one's way lighter, and generally the cars are more sliding. Oh, <laughs> right. Oh, weird. So. Surely that's going to... Well, yeah, presumably all the leaderboards will have to reset. Anyway, well, yeah. But, yeah. They've already reset everything for the cars that have changed. Right. So, yeah, I made sure to play on a car that was in, like, the old physics first. So I was like, this is what I'm used to, so I could just see the track. And yeah. then I tried some of the new physics cars as well. The main thing that's different... Well, the main thing that's really obviously different... But again, might just be coincidentally the vehicle that I was trying, because of course you don't really, it's like every car is slightly different, but when I tried the new physics I was like, wow, this grip's much less on tarmac, it's way easier to just completely lock up and skid. Hmm. So I don't know if that was just like the car I was playing, or whether that is like the new physics okay, making the like, tarmac less grippy. Or maybe an ABS thing. Or if you're locking up, surely there is grippy but your wheels are locking like your brakes yeah, but you have less downforce so it's not gripping to stop you uh, even yeah, when yeah. your wheels are locked yeah that would explain lockups yeah so yeah i tried that a bit and it was kind of difficult but then also also maybe i was just sucking because the force feedback was light, lighter so i wasn't getting as good feedback as i should have been <laughs> or whatever <laughs> who knows who knows but anyway i played played finn and that's a good, those are good stages if you want to hear your co-driver say crest and jump about every two seconds. <laughs> <laughs> Literally every corner is on a crest, which sucks. Yeah. And in between every corner, there's about three or four crests. It? Yeah. Does, and it, I, does, it, does it look... Are they good stages, though? Like, the two stages that, that it actually is? They're kind... They're sort of okay. I mean, they're a lot more straight. There's less corners. In general, right? There's basically one hairpin in both of those two stages. Mm. They it's don't really true do of, that, of yeah, course, because that's, that's, that's Finland. Yeah, that's kind. Of, that's kind of true of how it was. Yeah, yeah. I get a but bit bored like, of those. I know it obviously it makes sense geographically and stuff, but in like Monaco and stuff, where there's like oh hairpin and then oh another hairpin because you're climbing the mountain and you get like four or five yeah, hairpins those, in a row, and it's like that's like a bit boring. And those easy those are like yeah. yeah, those are like the actual challenging bit, like. Like, whenever I do that grease stage that has that bit where there's just, like, five hairpins, yeah. that's where my times always get fucked up, because yeah, I'm bad yeah. at hairpins. <laughs> yeah, it's really hard to do, yeah. But yeah, so Finland is, like, not very much corners at all, just a lot of corners on top of crests, which makes you slow down a lot, because you have to. And also, I think there sort of needs to be, it's like, this isn't a realistic thing, but there kind of needs to be a new kind of pace note that tells you when, when like when a jump is going to leave you in the air coming into a corner if you're going too fast. Oh, boy, yeah. Because that's the worst. When you come off on, like, a huge jump, but then, like, the corner just disappears under you because you, you, you were going so fast. Because it's not car-specific as well, of course. It's just, like, it's the actual physical distance to the next corner. Yeah. So you, you might say, like, over jump and then 40 and then a corner, and you're like, 
is 40 enough? Is this car's top speed so much that 40 is going to make me fly miles over the corner, or will I still have enough time to land and brake? Yeah, you'd have thought they'd have, like, do they caution it, or at least... Well, not really. Double caution, big jump. <laughs> yeah, we, they say, like, you know... I mean, I guess jump automatically is a caution, technically, because you're fucking not on the ground, and that's dangerous. Mm, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but you know, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's, I, it's I, not I so much the that's... jump that's the problem, it's the what's coming next. I, it's like, maybe I have to just go to earlier pace notes at this point yeah, and, and, and to, hear to the, have that. And hear the 40, and yeah, go, no 40's not enough. To have that um, knowledge in more in advance, to know mm. that I have to not jump so much off that jump. <laughs> they, they did add another early setting, didn't they? So there's like yeah. early and super early. Yeah, there. there is an earlier one. Not a later one, but I guess you could only make it so late. Yeah. <laughs> later seems stupid. Um. And then the other thing that I also I also played and streamed to someone who wanted to see a video of me playing. Like mm-hmm. I used the Steam streaming so they could watch for a okay, while. Yeah. And they had marginal knowledge about cars. <laughs> so when I went to the setup, I just ran the default setup on the first try. And they were like, man, that default setup is retarded. What are you, how, why is that like that? And I'm like, I just leave it on default because, you know, every time I've tried to make a new one recently, I've screwed it up more than the actual default. Right. So <laughs> did they teach you how to make it work? Well, they, <laughs> they had their suggestions and like, so we, so I let them tell me what to set it at and then tried that. Mm. And it's like, I couldn't tell whether it was better or worse. Right. <laughs> it was like, it was different. But I don't know if it was actually... That the time was better. Or... Well, yeah, or, or like whether I was actually more in control of it. Because right. the thing, main thing was like the spring st- spring strength and the dampeners because of all the jumps. Sure. And all that, you know. So, you want the strength up? Well, apparently you want... Or semi? You want the spring soft and the dampeners firm. And I was like, that doesn't sound right. <laughs> but I don't know. No. It, it's... Yeah, it's weird in a way, isn't it? Because you want them to just have a lot more travel, right? But maybe you need the dampener. Wait, wait, the dampeners where it just basically stops. Well, yeah, that's what I thought. But maybe, I mean, there is... the dampeners have their own form. I mean, there is the advanced settings where you can set, like, travel separately to dampening or whatever. I don't know if that would help even more if you went in there and configured those individually. Mm. But I don't know. It felt different, but not really any more or less easy. (laughs) I crashed slightly differently. (laughs) (laughs) And also, there's one bit on one of the Finland stages where, I don't know what it is, but even though I have the pace notes, there's just some kind of visual trick where you're coming over this crest, or jump naturally, and like something about the arrangement of trees that you can see in front of you always makes me think the corner goes right when it goes left. <laughs> so I just ramp off this jump straight into the, into the woods. <laughs> and I'm like, why do I keep doing that? It's just like some way that the trees are arranged that just completely fools me every time. <laughs> Even though the pace note should prevent that. Should it say deceptive? Yeah, I guess it should. <laughs> I mean, there's also another, there's another example of that on like one of the Germany stages where you're coming up a, coming uphill. And it says like there's a left corner coming up. <coughs> but unless you very specifically re- remember to listen to how far away it is, you come over a crest and you can see hay bales in the distance because it's like on one of those roads. So you can mm. like, put those hay bales on the corners. Yep. You can see hay bales in the distance, but those aren't the, the corner that you're coming to. Those are a corner later in the stage. So you come over a crest and the corner's right there. Oh, wow. <laughs> that fucks me up a lot. Yeah, I can, I can imagine that. It'd be quite a nice feature just... if you could add a little audio thing at some point on the track. So you could be like, watch out or something. Well, yeah, it's like you just... One. 
you just want to have like customizable face notes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. So you can edit them slightly. Because in real life, you could do that, of course. Yeah. Say, so, can you tell me when that fucking retarded thing is coming up? And then also with the Finland update, there was two new cars, but they're not very interesting. You'll be happy because there's the Focus. Yay! And also for some the reason... The classic 98 Focus or whatever it was. Like it was 2000, I think it's 2001. So. Yeah, still. Like, yay. But also for some reason, the, the other car they added was another Subaru. There's already the 2005, now there's also the 2001. Basically the same car, aren't they? Yeah, they're pretty similar, aren't they? <laughs> Still no Mitsubishi license. No, though. still haven't no. got that. Apparently. What? No Lancer. What? You got it. You got it. It's not a rally game about the Lancer, man. No. And I noticed that in the Focus, the, the like one of the libraries has Colin McRae on the windscreen as the you know the paint, his paint job or whatever. <laughs> not a little picture of him. <laughs> yeah, from minute I thought they just block out the co-driver and just have a picture of him on the deck on the windscreen. No. <laughs> He'd be on the driver's side. <laughs> That's not how it's working. Yeah, but then I can't see. <laughs> so yeah, that was Dirt Rally. That's I don't I don't actually remember what the next update is meant to be, whether it's meant to be Sweden or I think Sweden's meant to be last, but I think it's supposed to come out of early access in November, so this might be the last. Oh wow. Well. <laughs> we'll see. Sweden should theoretically be like all ice, I guess. So when it comes out of early access, what do we think about like what they're going to do with it. Yeah, is <laughs> yeah it, I don't know. Is it going to become, are we going to walk into DLC territory or is it actually going to, they're going to continue developing at that point or? Yeah, I don't really have any idea about that. It's weird. For you know, Well, yeah, the whole structure of it, the whole structure of Dirt Rally is a bit odd, right? Yeah. Like, what happens if I go into it, it now well, and own... it for a while? Like, do I, if I carry on with the championships, do I get like Finland tracks and everything? And do I get new yes, cars in do, there? Yes, you or... do, theoretically. It's so like every time they've added a rally, it just makes the championships longer. Longer, okay. So I but good news, because I just remembered something else that they did add in this patch. They've added custom championships. Oh, right, okay. So now, because you know how in the championships, basically you do every rally but you do an increasing number of stages as you level up the skill like when you promote into, yeah. the, into the next skill level of ai you do more stages per rally so when you get to masters you're doing the whole thing 12 stages in all of the rallies so what they added was a, it's a separate menu option so you can still have an actual championship going as well but then you can run a custom one separately where you can set you can set how many rallies, how many stages, and what AI difficulty individually, and it scales the prize money dependent on how on like the proportion of what you would be doing. So if you set it to master's difficulty but only do half as many stages, you get half as much prize money. But if you set it to like open difficulty, like the easiest difficulty computer players, but do twelve stages, you get like two hundred percent of the open prize reward because you're doing more stages mm. so it basically automatically scales the prize money dependent on how what proportion of the total game that you're doing okay right per difficulty level oh, that's cool. 12 stages per rally when really you've only got two stages yep that bums me out man just they need to get like t- mm-hmm. They need to add more content to those rallies. Just two stages per location just isn't enough. Well, and they also, like, they've made it even worse for themselves by adding the other disciplines, because, like, there's only Pikes Peak in Hill Climb, so yeah. that's fucked. 
<laughs> you need at least one more of those. It's weird, isn't it? It's like if they had just... I'd be more happy if they'd done like double the content per rally. I don't care about rally cross. I don't care about hill climb. Maybe you do that later. Yeah. But like, if it, you're making a game that's supposed to focus on rally, give me the stages. The stages are all anyone ever cares about in these things. Like, I don't need so many cars. I don't need so many things. I want different levels. Yeah. Ugh. <laughs> Wrong direction. Wrong direction, guys. So close. <laughs> Sucks. Oh, I, I get annoyed and like even at my pansy level, like when you get a rally come up that's basically like, yeah, do this stage. Now do half of the stage you've just driven. Now do the other half of the stage you've just driven. Okay, now do the other stage. Now do the. It's like the repetition really feels bad after well, a while. I, the ideal setting for the custom championships was actually let you set each individual stage as well. Because then you could actually yeah. make a custom championship wearing nothing repeaters. <laughs> sure. Well, then you, yeah, then you could have like at least like one full stage forwards or something, and then the next two stages could be like the half stages backwards or something. To yeah. Make, and like making a six stage rally Ford's, like Ford's that isn't are so, sufficiently different. Yeah. If making immediately after making a six stage rally to that structure, say like one full stage in one direction and the two in the other direction. That sounds fine. Yeah. That's okay, but that's only like. A six-stage rally, like that's like a fifty percent reward. Yeah, <laughs> it's insufficient. Except it still takes quite a long time, I guess. Yeah, boy, I guess I guess that's where the main effort is, though, in terms of their content creation <laughs> these days. It seems, but it just feels. I really want to know, like what, like back in the. We need to fire up Colin McRae 4 or something like that, yeah, or 2 or something obviously. like that, and just look at it and go, are these other <laughs> stages in these rallies just rehashes of the same areas? And I'm not sure they are. Well, I don't think they not are, all but the they're time. also, like, the ones in Dirt Rally are based on real places. Are To some extent. But there's really real rallies can't structure themselves like this, can they? Well, I, yeah, but I don't mean that they that real rallies do that. I mean, yeah. they've had to they've been trying to create a level that's not just made up, yeah, which sure. makes it slightly more difficult to do because you're having to copy it and like you're creating it specifically to match a real place, and <coughs> theoretically, people know that place, <laughs> so they know. And like the some level, does that really matter if you're actually just giving less and making less of a game? Well, I think, and as a result, I think really the idea is meant to be that because it's based on a real place, then that makes it a better level because it's a real place that real cars have driven on, and therefore you know it's an actual adequately designed rally stage. I, I and I get that. That's fine so far to a point, but they've gone. Too, if that's the budgetary reason for why there isn't more content, then they've gone too far down that side. Well, the thing about the, that whole situation that makes me think it's weird is that they specifically say that it's not like a laser scan of a place. No, presumably it would have to be like location scouts. And yeah, it's not. It's still by eye, I guess. Yeah, they haven't like driven the road with a scanner and actually taken the geometry <coughs> that way. They might have got like a driver to like. Like, did, like, set off some road or something and driven it properly, maybe. To, yeah. yeah. Get a feel for it. So it's like, is that. It's basically, if you had the laser scan, I guess that's more money but less effort. Oh, I don't know. Yeah. There'd be. A, well, yeah, maybe more money but less effort for your actual dev team, maybe, to a degree. Yeah. But you still perhaps have to then, once you've well, got you the scan... You have to fuck with it a lot, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you still then have to actually produce the content along that 
path, I suppose. But then, is that really? Is, that's probably too far, right? Like, because that was the those, whole. I mean, laser scanning a track, like a circuit, I guess, from like Forza <laughs> style stuff, must be so much simpler than trying to laser scan several miles of countryside. It depends. I mean, they they had that whole thing about scanning the Nurburgring, didn't they? And that's well, a fucking yeah. long track. True. They did. <laughs> so that's at least comparable length. They did do that. But then in theory, someone only has to do that once, right? In theory, yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you can pull the data in the same way. Yeah. like So if you're a series like Forza or something and you're having to get the data yourself, maybe. Then, <laughs> then luckily then, after five, you have it. <laughs> yeah, you, you've just got it forevermore. Maybe. Which doesn't really work with reality, I suppose. I guess, at least not in Codemasters games. No, they've never they've never made real courses before. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> True. I don't think anyone has really thinking about it. Well, not the wheat now. Anyway, yeah. maybe someone has. So anyway, that was Dirt Rally. Um, I played quite a lot more Rocket League occasionally. We played some four player that one night. Yeah. Kind of need to do that some more. We definitely do, man. I was having a good time with that game beforehand, but four player with four people you know, all in a speech chat room. Dang, that's a lot of fun. And I was pretty drunk. <laughs> well, the second time, you were <laughs> drunk. The second half. Of the I was pretty. I went. I went out drinking with some mates, and then came back, and these guys was. I left the voice server running from what, like when we were playing before, and I came back, and I didn't expect everyone to still be playing it. And it's like, all right, then let's do this. So me and my like inebriated state went into it and had a great time. <laughs> yeah, no, that was pretty. It was good. awesome. Love it. Still love that game. And I think I'm getting slightly better at midfield defending. Okay. And better at angling balls. That's. I think that's. Been... It's more about the prediction, right? Isn't it? Well, yeah. Than actually, the execution. It's just guessing where the, what's going to happen. Like who's going to nudge it in an odd direction. Yeah. And like the trouble with that is that if you're not in a voice server, I guess, but sometimes even if you are, because like when I'm basically playing goalkeeper but on the mid midway sort of vicinity, right, yeah, you're covering balls that are getting cleared that don't just go because sh- if they hit the walls, that definitely slows them down a lot. So you, yeah. you're hitting stuff nearly on the halfway line okay. that are clearances from the enemy team. But the trouble is that I'll get that, I'll hit it straight back in. But by that time, my team has already driven past me the other way because they they think they have to go on defence now. Yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> it's like, so I'm not actually doing anything apart from delaying it because then the enemy team still gets it. Yeah. <laughs> so that kind of sucks in some ways. Yeah, I might need a bit more coordination. Maybe we can find a solution to that. But I'm not comfortable coming out of the goal still no. like when, when like two the other two players are up front. Yes, it's, it's risky. Yeah. And the other trouble I've been having a lot, which I don't really understand particularly with certain people that I play with who I know. Well, no, even if they had ball cam. There's some people I know that don't use ball cam and some people I know that do. But even mm-hmm. if they didn't have it, I have it a lot where people drive towards me to do, like, they drive under the ball and then do a bicycle kick. And it's like, you can clearly see me. I'm directly in front of you. I'm driving towards the ball. I have a much better angle to hit it. I'll hit it way into the opposing half, but you just want to knock it straight up about two feet. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, why do that? The bicycle kick is so ineffectual, even at the best of times. I suppose if the only solution to that is if you have enough time is to attempt to fly hit it and stop him from hitting it. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Doesn't really work, though. It's not as powerful, though, is it? Yeah. No. 
And I still haven't got the hang of flying at oh, all. Flying is so hard. I just don't bother. In fairness, <laughs> I did like after a while, you know, during the drunken session, just start flying a lot more. Just going, well, fuck it, let's see if I can get the hang of this. Wait, well, yeah. I've got, I've got an extra, we've got an extra player to cover for me if I screw up. Um, <laughs> and uh, I, I felt like I was getting a bit better at it. Yeah, just a little bit, just a little bit. There was a couple of moments where I was nailing some fairly decent. At least interception y sort of stuff. <laughs> like the other players are all lining up to hit it, and it's like, nope, I've got that. The, the trouble is that a lot of. Until you get better at, like, predicting it, yeah. you go you go for a flying hit, but then you realize halfway through that you don't actually need to fly because <laughs> it's bouncing well lower than you thought it was yeah. going. <laughs> That's my problem when I attempt to fly for defense. It's just like. Oh, by the time I've flown to the right position, the ball's already gone past me, and I actually probably could have just stayed where I was. And that's something else that I've also noticed that I think people forget is just like, I think a lot of people don't remember how high the double jump can actually be. Yeah, it's pretty high. Because it's like, it doesn't cover all the goal, but it's pretty well, high. Well, no, but you can, like, a lot of times I'll just, like, double jump and hit a ball before everyone else has decided to jump. And I'm like, yeah. It's like they, you forget how high that actually is. Everyone wants to roll. Well, yes, you want that for more power. It's like the double jump hit is not going to get it very going very far or very fast, but mm. it's a, like moves it out of the way of whoever else is going to hit it. Yeah. Still wish I could map like left and right air roll to bumpers. That would be neat. <laughs> as, well, as well as the existing controls. <laughs> you know, just have that as an option so I don't screw myself up or feel like the controller is doing what I don't want it to do when I do want to do crazy rolls. Mm. I think. I I think I've worked out what I'm doing. I think in the moment of the moment of passion <laughs> I'm uh my 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 sort of clench, I suppose, reaction, get the time right and it's like, whoa, ugh. I'm sort of doing it like that. And like what I'm actually doing is my right thumb is slightly faster than my left thumb in that scenario. So I'm I don't think that I will have moved the stick all the way across by the time the A button has gone down. So I'm just jumping right. rather than rolling. And it's like, I'm sort of so focused on getting the timing of the hit right. Actually, the speed of my thumbs <laughs> aren't totally in sync for the game to do the right thing. Right. I, I don't think. And it's, I think it's, I, the more I'm learning it is me, but it is sort of frustrating. It still feels, con- when you're trying to do it and you're doing it in a moment where it's, it would be crucially important and it doesn't do what you want it to do, you're like, Ah, well, it's just because it's doubly awkward because you're having to go from center because you have to not be pushing the direction in mm. order to not just be wildly spinning your car in the air. Yeah, you can't. Yeah, you want to press it quickly. Yeah, so but... like during the time between pressing A the first time to take off, you, then you have to let go of the stick to let it center, and then you have to read input a direction at the time when you actually want to roll when you yeah. hit A the same time. Yeah. But if you do it before that, then you start spinning and then it'll fuck up your roll. Yeah, your roll will be in a different direction. It's like, nope, that's not right. Well, What's the, the roll wouldn't be in a different direction, but your car would be oriented your, differently. Yeah, which your car it. will be faced and so the resulting direction of travel will be different from what you intended. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, that's that. Still played. I, it's still great. Well, when while you were out, mm. me, Kippers and Jamie went into ranked 3v3 and we got up to we got up to having a rank Yay. for like one game, and then we lost it again. <laughs> <laughs> but we did go on a fr- pretty good winning streak. But when I've been trying to play, <laughs> when I wasn't there, yeah, oh, you know, that says something. <laughs> <laughs> you can't have rank four on four, so it wouldn't matter. <laughs> I, 
We've talked about. Did we talk about this before? That is of the key thing they are missing from this game is some sort of way of making yeah, proper teams. teams. Yeah, we did mention and that. ranking by team. Oh man, that would be good. But then when I've been trying to play solo ranked, I still haven't managed to get ranked because no, it's just like you constantly bounce up and down just because of randomized teams. Yeah. And you'll just get shitters you'll, you'll constantly. Join, you'll join a good team and then you'll join a bad team. Until you perhaps get... Well, it must be trying to matchmake you, but your problem is you don't move enough, I guess. Yeah. To get... I don't think it's granular enough. Yeah. I mean, it's really weird because I was playing last night on a rank. Well, sometime. I was playing on a rank. And there was one guy on the opposing team who I saw like five or six games in a row. But I was always losing and he was always winning. But, but apparently we were still getting matched into the same game over and over. Oh, weird. So I was like, that can't be right because surely mm. my rank score should be going down and his one should be going up. So we I should be getting less and less likely to be matched together. It just wasn't a lot of people playing ranked at that point in time. Well, it was standard like 2,000 or whatever there is, I yeah. guess. <laughs> it's not as big a number as I would... Well, yeah, that's why like it doesn't seem granular enough. Yeah, it's like even when you when you reach a hundred on the on the unranked, you go into like bronze one, and as far as I know, there's like three divisions of each tier, Mm. and that doesn't seem like enough. Mm. (laughs) Especially if it's like I don't know if it's specific. I guess it's probably not specific to region. So if you searched in multiple regions, it would probably still be using the same ranking. Overall, it's just your rank. It's not locked to servers or anything. Not that it's servers, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Like Europe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, there was that. Rocket League. More Rocket League. And then, finally... Do you reckon they could add announcer packs to it? Yeah, they're probably good. That'd be great. Well, they already have the mysterious announcer on some levels. Was it? The, yeah, oh! the, 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 big, the big stadium. <laughs> was it the, the sort of semi-Japanese-looking thing? Yeah. Uh, the final thing was a mysterious random occurrence where someone really wanted <laughs> someone really wanted to play a tabletop game right with me because no one else would do it probably <laughs> is, what, is what I've basically worked out but attempt it over a webcam no it's the classically ridiculous tabletop simulator oh right which, you know, is exactly what it says. It's a tabletop simulator. Simulates games that you play on a tabletop. Which in some ways is kind of awesome. I suppose it lets each player have their own hand, right? And well, yeah, you can, you can do, like, you can create a hidden zone so you can put your cards and stuff inside the zone so no one else can look at it or whatever. Yeah, interesting. And all that kind of stuff. It, like, it has the correct, like, options for it and, like, you can draw on the table and you can mm. multi-select things and pick them up and stuff. And it, it, it's a bit of a weird, as far as I can, once I started looking at it, I was like, how's this just not got sued? Because it's like, you look people at, have just made games. Yeah, you look at the Steam Workshop and it's like, well, here's D&D and here's Warhammer. Yeah. <laughs> it's like all these super expensive miniatures have just been digitized and put into this game and now everyone can play them. Huh. <laughs> not by the official companies. Is it? Well, like people made models and stuff for it as well. Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. just model the miniature I guess and the other thing is like it can go even further where like I think these are like built in models that are sort of an example of models that you can use for D&D style games but they can be like actually animated 
So you can like oh, cool. toggle animations on the <laughs> miniature and have them hit each other and stuff. Neat. Which is fairly ridiculous. That's pretty cool. So there's that. But so the game that I ended up playing was Star Wars tabletop thing. Star Again, Wars. Maybe Dan maybe Dan has heard of it, maybe. No. God, there must be so there must be so many of them though, right? Not yeah, like, that's, yeah, there's tons of them. Isn't there the, like, I, I, the crazy <laughs> one with all the starships and shit? Yeah, it's, it's, it's the ship one. It's the one right. we played. Yeah, there's I don't know how many of those attack, there are. Attack Wing, <laughs> isn't it? Because there's a Star Trek version as well, isn't there? Yeah, I have no idea what it's actually called. I, it's because I was just joining a room called Star Wars, <laughs> which <laughs> right. is probably just the name the mod applied to the room when it was loaded in or whatever. I think it's called Attack Wing. I'm not sure. So we, we tried to play some of that. And that's fucking ridiculously complicated. It's like it's not ridiculously complicated if you're just playing, like, eat, like with really basic ships. I guess, like, if you're just ha- having like, here's a generic Tie Fighter, and it, like, that's not complicated. But as soon as you get to any card that can have like modifiers, where you've got like the ship has its base stats, but then you have like it can equip a proton torpedo and like an astromech droid, and they have effects, and then that stacks onto the ship, and then like, so you're Thinking of all these ridiculous combos, naturally, because mm. I guess that's how all these games work. You have to think yeah, of, yeah. you have to plan out your team, but it gets complicated really quickly. So yeah, we played we played like two different scenarios that are, you know set up boards with specific ships and combos, and it was ridiculously complicated. The second one particularly had some incredibly insane ship combos. There was a Y-Wing that had like seven different add-on cards. Mm-hmm. It just had oh no, completely... And the thing about it was that I was playing a side where basically you had to escort the Millennium Falcon out of an asteroid belt after its engines had been repaired. So it was like stationary for four turns and then you had one B-Wing to protect it and then there were some enemies. Right. But the B-Wing that I had had like it it had standard B-Wing move distances, essentially, but it had abilities that would let it do basically up to two barrel rolls per turn. <laughs> so, and, <laughs> two barrel rolls. So ba- basically, like, when you're doing the movements, all the movements are basically forwards and then, like, angles of forwards. So if you're even in a right-angled corner, it's still, like, a right-angle forwards, essentially, if you see what I mean. You're going kind of, in, a, yeah. in, a, in a in a ninety degree arc, basically. Right. But then, like, if you do if a barrel roll is you use the one distance maneuver guide, but it's like directly sideways from where you were. Oh, right. Okay, gotcha. So it's like a strafe. Yeah, it's like a strafe essentially. So so how does this like like wait so like combat quite positional based on yeah. where you are on the board? I mean, you have like your firing arc is at the front of your ship. So sure. you have to get things into that zone, and then like the distance away you are from them also affects how likely you are to hit them. So it's a little bit like Sid Meier's Air Patrol, or whatever it was. <laughs> Possibly. Mm, but yeah, is that what it was called? Like it. Yeah. Ace Patrol. Yeah. Ace, Ace Patrol. Patrol. Yeah. But yeah, it's quite complicated. So like when you're, and obviously because it's a, it's not. I guess it's not turn based; it's simultaneous. But then when the turn plays out, it's based on, like, the pilots have a skill rating, so the order of actions is based on their skill rating. So at the start of the turn, you're laying out your manoeuvres, but you're trying to guess what the other team is going to do. 
So like you want you want to get behind them and have them in your firing arc after all the maneuvers has been have been completed. So you're trying you're looking at what their ship can do for maneuvers and be like, okay, what's he likely to do? And then you're trying to counter that. And then that got complicated with this B wing that could do the barrel rolls because the barrel rolls happen before the maneuvers are revealed. So if you want to huh. if you want to do this extra barrel roll, you can do you have to be like, okay, I think he's going to do this. So if I do my maneuver. But as if my manoeuvre is going to happen after a barrel, <laughs> you have to like set your manoeuvre up to account, account for the barrel that you're going to do. Wow, so you basically, you say your manipulations, the moves get renewed, and then you can say barrel roll me and shift the whole thing. Yeah. So it's basically like an instant, right? In the yeah, sort terms. Of, yeah. So it's like, okay, here's what I'm going to do, but I'm going to shift it by one after everything has been... Laid out. Yeah. yeah. Huh. And then the other players are having to figure that as well, of course, in their manoeuvres. Oh, that's... That's real messy. So it got real complicated real quickly, in some ways. and Kind of interesting, but probably messy. <laughs> the other problem with it is, though, which is, like, the problem with the game, the tabletop simulator game, I guess, is that because it is literally a simulation of tabletop, mm. you have these, like, move guide rulers, basically, and you have to, like, physically pick them up and place them in front of the miniature and then pick up the miniature and place it at the end of the guide and then move the guide out of the way. Right. And it's not, like, automatic or anything. It's, like, if it if it could be made like if the, that... If, if the model could figure out, like... Yeah, yeah if the models. model could be, like, I'm going to do a two-distance curve to the right and then just do it, yeah. <laughs> that would make it much, much easier. Basically, if Tabletop Simulator let you actually make video games versions of the tabletops... Yeah. Or, or like... I mean, there is... But that's kind of the point, right? Isn't Tabletop is supposed to like make it so you can play these games because like, you don't well, need yeah, these you, rules? Yeah, you can just make a mod that yeah. has it really easily because you're just picking up stuff and putting it down. Yeah. And you can shake dice and everything. And that's all built in. But, the, I mean, there is... Some... So it's not actually like... Oh, I, I, I bet me assumed it would be like on a grid or something. No. Right? So it's, it's, actually, it's actually like your full-on Warhammer. Like, you can be anywhere. Well, I mean, all the manoeuvres are only like 90 degree or 45 degrees. So to some extent, you're sort of on a grid. But then I guess if you're moving 45 degrees, as soon as you do a 45 degree turn and then start moving two units forward, forward the yeah, then you're starting up. to lose it. Yeah. And then there's all rules for like collisions and like overlapping each other and how you have to like back up until you're not overlapping and then that prevents you from taking an action or whatever. Oh, right. <laughs> and the obstacles, if there's asteroids on the field and if like if the model would pass through the asteroid, like if any part of it would go through the base, not the actual model, mm. if the base passes through. So you have to like Basically, you're picking up the model and like moving it along the track to see if it visually to see if it clips through the asteroid at any point. <laughs> sure, and they, I guess they don't model 3D space no. in any way, apart from barrels, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Those don't really count. And there's also like the U-turn where you can flip your direction whilst moving forwards, hmm. so you A can sort of change turn. your firing arc. Yeah. But that induces stress, and then yeah. that prevents you from doing other things. Yeah, it's quite oh, a complicated thing. Crazy. And like a lot of these like super complicated board games, I do end up just thinking to myself, I'd really quite just like to see a video game version of this. <laughs> well, yeah. yeah. I mean, that is the advantage of this. On, uh, I mean, obviously, tabletop simulator for all of these games, like Warhammer and everything, is like this Star Wars one. You load in the table, and it just has all the ships around the edge of the table. Well, not even all of them, but like every side of the table is just lined with like hundreds of miniatures and all their related cards and like the, the stacks of other cards you can apply to them and stuff it's just all there in one big thing so whatever scenario you want you can just drag the bits on so the thing is is we live in an age as 
proven by Jackbox in a weird way. If you wanted to pull off a proper a proper board game like with private elements, like a lot of board games and yeah. party games or tabletop actually require, right? Yeah, you can do that now yeah. because of smartphones or tablets <laughs> well, and things. There, the- there, everyone, there's enough of those faffing about, I suppose. <laughs> that if you wanted to play these games like that. You could implement the Jackbox style system, perhaps not using a web server to do it, like oh, yeah. use some sort of app and a local server. But I mean, there if are people want to achieve these things. We could do that. I now. mean, there are apps for D and D for like putting your character sheet into your phone or whatever, so you can just like update sure. it yeah, automatically yeah. as you go along. And apparently, like one of the one of the workshop mods for D and D in the game has, <laughs> I saw this in the Star Wars version as well. But there's basically an iPad in the game that you can load web pages into inside oh, wow. the game. <laughs> oh, that's right. kind of cool. So you can have your own little iPad and then like in the d d setup, every player has their own iPad. And you an iPad in the hidden zone. <laughs> yes, inside your hidden zone. <laughs> that's kind of cool, actually. That's one way of getting around it. But I mean, like, if you were to play it, like, um, I, I think that in a way, that like, there's probably a genre of game that, that, that hasn't really been tapped into here. Like, you know, creating tabletop style games, but getting rid of some of that tabletop annoyance by putting it on your big screen. Yeah. And having everyone have their own smartphone app to play the game, uh, you know, either on their turn or like as a, some simultaneous. And perhaps there's new rules and new things you could do with a game like that that perhaps we couldn't do with a traditional tabletop. You could make your thing on the screen fancy and clever and oh, interesting. Yeah. And it's like, that feels like an untapped opportunity. Oh shit, we should do this. <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> just, just get, off the, get off the air now. Get off the air. You can't steal my idea. No. <laughs> that is not a very revolutionary idea. I don't know. No one's done it, really, have they? Like The closest we ever came was like iPad scrabble with smartphone tiles. Yeah. And they bad. killed that. <laughs> I don't know. Well, I mean, I only, think there's something to it. They've only just started trying to do connect, like using the separate devices together, yeah, like Space Team or whatever. That's yeah. only just like that's quite a new thing. Maybe really. it is. Maybe it is too new. Maybe like if someone is doing that right now, we're a little bit away. Oh, I suppose that's news. Jackbox Two is yeah. coming. <laughs> yes, I guess it is. Party Pack Two is on the way. Maybe it probably still won't get a UK release, like unless on Steam, obviously. Yeah. So yeah, it was tabletop. It was. It took forever, mainly because I had to sit there and like think about it for a couple of hours. Yeah. Like, even even though it was only like two ships versus four ships, I was like, Jesus Christ! This com- all these combos are so complicated. I'm just gonna have to. F-. And then even then, it's like it's got the classic Magic: The Gathering problem of like you can't wording where oh, it's like right. these two abilities both say they happen immediately. So which one happens first? We better look that up. <laughs> yeah. Or do they happen simultaneously and you just apply the results? Well, apparently it's like if it's an attacking if it's an attacking action from you, you get to choose which one to go first and if it's a defensive action against the enemy, you get to say they get to choose or whatever. And it's like depending on whose turn it is, right. you choose which order they go in. That's you know, actually kind of a neat way of dealing with that. Well, sort of, except like it's a it it really is the classic magic problem of like there's always going to be cards where the wording is ambiguous and you just have to go and look up what the generally accepted I guess, outcome yeah. is. Yeah, and a, and a, in a game of that complexity, yeah, you're perhaps going to create problems for yourself, which is where you kind of want a video game to just sort of go fuck it, this happened. Yeah, exactly. You just want it to have a default rule something, set something resolved. Yeah. Because even, even when we were looking up the rules, it's like, of course, we don't know 
how current this PDF we're looking at is. Is yeah. this the current setting or is this an old version? Huh. Tricky. So, so yeah, that's that. That was cool. ridiculous. It has a flip the table button, of course. <laughs> awesome. Which is theoretically... Can you reset it? Like, Well, yeah, you can undo it. So everyone just goes flip and then puts it back. Which is theoretically cool, apart from you can't really do it on this Star Wars one because there's so many things it just locks up, basically. Oh, what? The <laughs> it takes, yeah, it just it. takes so long trying to calculate the physics, you get like two frames of the table flip and then everything is just falling away. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. But yeah, it would probably work quite well on some of the smaller games like chess or whatever. Mm. <laughs> we like, fuck it. Fuck <laughs> <Stop> it. <laughs> That's cool. So yeah, that's that. That's pretty much what I've been playing. Does yeah. anyone else want to fit in a few words before, before we end this podcast? You know, I'm out of time now. <laughs> oh, I haven't got a great deal. So anyway, so you know, yeah, you haven't um, even been on Rocket League this week. No, I've had a yeah, my my, my weeks haven't exactly gone to plan. Well, I've got um, like two hours of Metal Gear Solid Five to talk about, but maybe next time. <laughs> yes. Oh shit! You've actually been playing it. I've been yeah, I'm only like ten hours in. Yeah. Oh man, hot. Damn, we should we should have led with that, man. Well, I'm gonna be playing this for a long time. Yeah, there's so. plenty more of it to come. <laughs> yeah, so if you want right. if you want like up to date news, that clearly Happy Salad isn't the place, but <laughs> but you'll get plenty. Oh, no, of, that, that uh, was that was never true. <laughs> no, no. you'll get plenty of Metal Gear discussion, I'm sure. But spoiler oh, alert, it's good. <laughs> well, I yeah. So all I was gonna say really is I've 100 percented Banjo Kazooie. Nice. I've done everything now. And Zach, watch me do the last boss, which is actually after the first credit sequence. Yeah. You have to, like, you complete the game and you go, all right, I'm done with this. And then I realize, hang on, there's two achievements I haven't got yet. What, what am I supposed to do to get those? And you're supposed to go back into the game, go back to the boss room, like what you thought was the last room, and then go a bit further. And then there's the proper boss. And it's like, this game is structurally weird <laughs> in play. Like, the way, like, it gates progress and stuff is kind of overcomplicated in places. And the, puzzles you have to try and solve in the hub world in order to try and actually unlock a level to play are kind of boring and overly complex like the second half of that game is just kind of crap anyway um which maybe made me think like perhaps i went i had slightly rose tinted nostalgia glasses for it or something but you know i only ever played halfway into it before yes, you remember the start yeah in the second half just yeah it's kind of it's really frustrating like things like dying, resetting state of quite a lot of stuff on the level is a super pain in the ass. When in order to get one of the like the the jigsaw pieces requires a multi stage approach and ends in a really difficult insta death section, and you have to do that whole setup again to get there. That's awful. <laughs> it just feels so outdated, and maybe that's okay because it's a kind of outdated game. <laughs> But I hope these are mistakes that people don't make when, you know, say ukulele comes along. Mm. And I kind of hope Banjo Tooie is like learns. Yes, you'll get to see about that. Yeah, I'm not going to go into that straight away though. I need a break. Well, yeah, I need a break from platform. But not too much of a break because like Halo's only three weeks away. So it's not a platform. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's not a platform. But you know, it's only three weeks till I need to take something big on. I have. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much all I want, all I want to say, really. I will that. say one thing about uh, Metal Gear, actually sort of unrelated to 5, is that last week I kind of had a bit of RSI. 
which I haven't really had before. Oh, um, really? No, it was bad. I couldn't really type very well, so that wasn't very good. But it seems to have got away now. But uh, anyway, I didn't want to play any games because my hand hurt. So I just watched a whole bunch of videos of like all the cutscenes from Metal Gear over the years. All the previous games. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So some somebody has cut them into basically movies. So if you search oh, yeah, for yeah. like Metal Gear, that's, that's quite a thing, isn't it? You don't, whatever. Yeah, that's called yeah. the YouTube trope, isn't it? Like the movie of something. Yeah. But it's like really well I think done. I ended up watching... these, these, these are like four hour long movies or like four, five hour yeah. long movies, basically. What did you end up watching? I think, I think I did that with one of the Final Fantasies. Yeah, like, yeah, you could like, watch that. I'm not sure. watching the whole thing, but I think I ended up watching, was it Final Fantasy thirteen two stuff because of the weird time mechanics and seeing the ways that you could mess with them. Yeah, right. Because it's like, I'm never going to go do that. Or figure out the ways to do this. Yeah. So let's watch some of the crazy other scenarios or ways you can just end the game early. And it's yep. like, okay, that's kind of nuts. So I've done that before. <laughs> so Metal Gear. Um, Which one have you been watching? Three. Well, no, I ended up watching most of them. Like, like I wasn't feeling well or whatever. So I was like, well, mm. I'll just stick this on or whatever because I can't be bothered to do anything else. And I think I've gone through like in in weird order i think i started with two which is the infamously long one crazy one right cutscenes, and then well, i don't know fours are pretty bad oh i haven't done four no i've done two and then i mean the one. ending is like 45 minutes on its own <laughs> yeah yeah i think i watched a bit of the ending of four but i've done two and then one which is hilarious because uh the models look really really bad obviously because it's PS1 <laughs> yep. but somehow it's still fun to watch mysteriously don't know quite how they achieved that because obviously there's no facial animation <laughs> at all it's literally <laughs> like um like um machina like um what's the red versus blue sort of style oh, sure, yeah, you yeah. can see their faces um but somehow that must have included all the codec as well yeah mostly codec but it's mostly just a black screen with at least the the, the um, mouths sort of move in the codec from like two different frames. Yeah, and there's the yeah. occasional expression change, I think. Yeah, as well. but even in two, it's like, despite the fact in the codec you've got kind of 3D models of on each side, still most of the story is in codecs, I think. Um, so it's like a radio play, basically. And then is enough of the game explained that way watching the movies like I think so I think you get like, the whole story I don't think there's much in the you don't, game you, don't you don't miss much from like mid game bits of speech or not really or the way the guys the, whoever has done it has cut together the videos if there's anything important he'll sort of slip it in there as a bit of video oh, okay neat. um which is quite nice and so there's some bits where like you see the boss fight like you see him doing the boss fight but like it'll sometimes he'll cut over codec conversations over you him doing the boss fight even though you oh, wouldn't see cool. that in the game so you get the story and you get to see the fight or whatever because otherwise it would be yeah, like that's... oh because the classic moments of like fighting psycho mantis and stuff you want to see that stuff so it's quite nicely done we're going to edit it uh, yeah. together so check those out if you're insane but i think um as far as five goes like i think knowing all this stuff might not even not might not really be a good thing uh, Although, may- or maybe it is. I don't know. Because you get into it and it's totally mental. It's a stupid anime. And I sort of quite enjoy it. But I get a feeling that 5 probably doesn't have all that stuff. 
I mean, it has a crazy intro, which I'll it has less of time, it, yeah. But it has certainly has a lot less of it. So if you're li- looking for like a Metal Gear ass Metal Gear game, it might not be that way. But it, as for an actual game, <laughs> it's much better. But um, but yeah, because you only really, I guess you only really need what maybe three and the Peace Walker. Yeah, I've, so I've to, watched to, to get three. to get the most out of five story, right? Yeah, that makes sense. But like, also, of course, they changed the. But, like, I don't know. It's a very different... Because 3 is, like, a kind of James Bond-style thing, at least. It even has a James Bond-style intro with a song and everything. Huh. And 5 doesn't feel like that at all. It's a totally different feel from 3. Oh, which one was it? Was it 3 that had the, the song ladder? Mm, yeah, maybe. With the song... You're climbing a, basically an endless ladder for yeah. three minutes or something. That's the right, it does. Plays while yeah. It. Yeah, yeah, it does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And three has the ludicrous camouflage menus and shit. It yeah, looks, it looks good, but yeah. Anyway, yeah, three, three. Yeah, I, I was sort of interested in two, but never really had the setup to play it, and you know, yeah, too much. I never really two liked the gameplay of the early ones. But. I mean, two story is so stupid and convoluted; it's ludicrous. But anyway, yeah. oh man, you're gonna have a good time with four if you end up watching that. Boy, <laughs> well, yeah, Acronym Central, yeah. Well, at least I know what all the characters are and all the different. Um, I I sort of see why Revolver re, people like Revolver Ocelot because he's totally mental and he's in all the games and he his character seems to change quite significantly because he appears in three, uh, mm. like as an origin story sort of, but he doesn't yeah. seem like the same guy as in one, and then and then of course later on in four he gets or in two he gets taken over by liquid's arm or whatever and then by the time of four he's fully like not him anymore is he i don't know it's like it's mental yep nanomachines yeah, yeah. nanomachines basically nanomachines. or is it nanomachines no fox died i don't know something there and the and the la le lu le lo and all of that zoff zoff and fox <laughs> and foxhounds and MSF, and I think that's right. Anyway, never mind. Diamond Dogs. The Diamond Dogs, yeah. Anyway, PMCs. I sort of Lots know, of PMCs. Yeah, lots of PMCs. Although, I'm still... I sort of... You know, I was complaining about the idea of Metal Gear itself being unbelievably stupid. I sort of come around on it in, in Metal Gear Solid 1. Like, the idea is... I mean, the Stompy Robot thing is stupid, but... The <laughs> yeah. I, the actual idea is sort of cool, which it doesn't make any actual sense because it's impossible, but it's sort of cool, is that the thing has a railgun, and the idea is that the railgun is so powerful that it can basically be nuclear artillery and without any kind of like heat signature for launch. So there's no... Oh, right. So okay, that gotcha. is the trick. The fact that it's a snobby robot is kind of irrelevant. You could mount it on a truck, I'm sure, but but still, yeah. um, the snobby robot was just to be cool in Japanese. Was just to be cool in Japanese, yeah. But the actual threat of like a weapon that is more more powerful than my CBM because it's undetectable launch is kind of cool. Of course, if you accelerated the nuclear warhead from from not too fast enough to go across the world in the space of a round, it would probably it would explode. Definitely yeah. explode, yeah. <laughs> not necessarily. I mean, you could just have like. You can basically have re-entry shielding, but on the nose cone, like a reverse re-entry shielding. Yeah. Could you make the so shells, it as it accelerates. Well, could you make the shells so the parts that could explode are so far apart or something, and the bits that need to combine, and like it sort of combines it mechanically crush in the air. It as it propels it. No, like, well, it would do, wouldn't it? Just from inertia, yeah. it would crush, wouldn't it? 
But not if it's structurally sound enough. Not if it's a solid enough slug that they're firing out of this railgun. But this is like effectively yeah, a space slug. cannon. You know, yeah. they're talking about the idea of like firing a run. Because if you could make a space cannon work, then you could um, shoot up a satellite and you wouldn't need a rocket. But it's yeah. just not going to happen because you're going to, no matter how amazing you make the the satellite, you're still going to crush it. Like by putting that much force on it in such a short short amount. Yes, the satellite short. But I think like nu- nuclear bombs are surprisingly not that complicated in terms of internal parts. <laughs> no, but they they I mean, what the explosive in a nuclear bomb does is crush the inside. So if you're already like crushing it from accelerating it so fast. It might go. Yeah, up. but that's not that's not comparable, though, is it? Well, the crash no. of the implosion is like way faster than the acceleration of basically anything. But that's yes. the point, isn't it? Or, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, so I come around on the idea of the Metal Gear in one, but then you start to realise that they had basically the equivalent of that Metal Gear in like much earlier, 1971 yeah. or something, and yeah. it's like, what the fuck? Metal Gear Was Zeke. it the thing of? Yeah, exactly. that's the one Zeke. Yeah. yeah, it's like, and, and it doesn't make... Do they hide underwater or something? Yeah, that they hide underwater, and this, like, private military company that, like, the boss and big boss or whatever and, and Miller all started, uh, oh, yeah, they got a nuclear weapon, and they became the, like, seventh nuclear weapon state of the world, and no one has any problem with that. Well, mm. at least initially, and it's like, what? what well, they don't know for a while, do yeah, they? Yeah, I know, but why they try and they keep even it bother? under wraps. Yeah, why do they want a nuclear weapon? It's so weird. Anyway, I haven't done the story of that one, but it does seem really bizarre. Like, what? Anyway, so there's some. Of... I, I'm not going to mention it because it is spoilerific, but there is some behind the scenes stuff regarding um, what you end up doing in the game, and like. The choice to get a nuke or something is part of that, right? Okay. So like, there's there's okay. some fascinating stuff that like is happening right. beneath the surface. Maybe I'll watch Peace Walker the movie or something. The stupid PS game might, the movie. It might explain it's like something. Three and a half hours long or something. But, yeah, that's yeah. okay. I made it through freaking two, and that was like five hours or some shit, and none of that makes any fucking sense. Anyway, um, <laughs> yeah. So Metal Gear, but Metal the Gear, actual yeah, game yeah. so far, great so far. I will fill you in next time. A metal gear. Metal gear. Metal gear. Hind D. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they go on about the Hind D. The thing is, Afghanistan in the 1980s is actually an appropriate place to see an actual Hind D. <laughs> 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 yeah. Anyway. Hind D. Why would you be so specific at that moment in time? Like, it's like some because sort of it's like a fucking helicopter. There's a Hind D <laughs> specifically in every Metal Gear game, I think. There is a. Yeah, and it was an important he just, one. He just likes that chopper. Yeah. That's what it is, isn't it? It's the one you see right at the start of one, right? You come up, you go up that lift. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you see is the hind D. Hind D. Yeah. Hind D. I'm not sure what your helicopter is in... Like, the helicopter you had in Ground Zeroes looked sort of like a hind... Well, it had a... But it... Well, it looked more like um, like a hokum or something. Um, you know the attack chopper. Uh, well, not that hind distance, but, it, but it's quite chopper, long. But it had the big, the big um, sort of cargo area. Yeah, cargo area like person, a hind. Person bit. So it was like a modified weird hind. But then in 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 five, you have a chopper that looks more like a blackhawk. But I don't know what it's supposed to be. Mm. Anyway, yes, Metal Gear to look forward to next time. Oh, on Circle yeah, Earth. next time. And uh, yeah, let's, as let's always, go and get Pete. check out the videos, etc. Available.
and uh, we'll catch you next time for more podcasts. Oh, I promise Dark Souls will go up soon. Yeah, you didn't upload last week. No. Well, I did hit a few issues as always, but different issues from anyone before. But yeah, I've been busy. Sorry. Catch you later, guys. Whoop, whoop, whoop. Rob failed to get up in time. Sorry. Turning it off. End. End.